0: What up, my fellow challenge lovers? Welcome to The Challenge Historian, where we dive deep into all things the challenge, past, present, or future, if it's happening in the challenge universe, and we are here to document it. I am your host and dedicated challenge historian, Jacob Hollabaugh. Thank you so very, very much for being here with me today. On today's pod, it's a big one. It's a celebration. It's delving into the past. All about the past today on the pod with a dash of presence and even even a dash of the future maybe at the end. But we are doing our first ever cast member interview. We've got the great, the legend, the OG Dan Setzler, two-time champion. You may remember Dan from the early days of the challenge. Challenge 2000, Battle of the Seasons, Battle of the Sexes 2. An absolute legend and an absolute great fun guy to get to talk to with. We chopped it up about it all. We covered all three seasons he was on in very deep detail, talked about all the biggest moments from the season, his experience, what he learned, what he's up to now in his life. So everything is covered here. We go deep, 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 deep. You're going to love it. I had a great time chatting with him. It was so fun. I think Dan, you know, he's one of those guys that one of the cast members from those early years because those seasons aren't you know up available to stream his 3 seasons are all in that first 9 they're not available He gets lost in the woodwork a little bit sometimes, but he is a true OG, a true legend, a two-time champion, three-time finalist, near-perfect, flawless record in his challenge career and is one of those that would be amazing to get back into the challenge fold today in an all-stars type of setting, which, of course, we cover at the end of the conversation. So I think you're going to love this. It was such a blast. It was such an honor to have Dan on the show Ho- look, hoping to have him back again sometime in the future because even though we talked for literal hours here there was there's so much great things we couldn't possibly have gotten to it all but we got to a lot before we get to that interview though couple quick programming reminders first and foremost challenge USA is over the controversial wild twisty turny finale aired last night. That recap episode of this podcast went up as well, so you can listen to that right now. We will be back next Wednesday morning with our full season Challenge USA Recap Awards, everything, wrapping that up, putting a bow on it, putting it in the history books for good. We will also be back next Monday with the Island Rewatch. The Rewatch series is back. Paige from Most Likely 2 will be joining me to recap that very impactful uh, season of the Challenge, the Island, and then... Next week, at the end of the week, on Friday, we will have our first ever inductee into the Challenge Historian Official Hall of Fame, so that's coming, and next week, it's Survivor Time, so... We are going to be covering Survivor. I mentioned that on the last couple podcasts. We won't be doing that on this feed. That'll be on the most likely to feed with Paige. I'll be hopping over there every week to cover Survivor during that season. And by the end of this weekend, I'm guessing, I'm hoping, I think we will have some sort of season 38 announcement to be responding to and getting ready to prepare for covering that season. So all kinds of great content coming your way. But for now, the great content coming your way is this amazing interview with Dan. And Setzler. So without further ado, let's take it to my conversation with Dan. All right, challenge lovers, we've got a very special guest here with us today. This man first came into our hearts and minds way back in 1998 when he debuted on Road Rules Northern Trail. He'd go on to compete in three seasons of the challenge where he would not only endlessly entertain you, me, everyone watching, but would also kick his fair share of ass as he became a three-time finalist, two-time challenge champion. True OG, legend of the game, Dan Setzler is joining me today. Dan, thank you so much for being here. How are we doing today, my man? Hey everybody. I am I'm doing really great. Thanks for having me here. Getting to talk about
1: some stuff from about 20 years ago. And I'm excited to do that. But yeah, whatever we want, whatever we want to say, let's do it.
0: All right. Well, I do, I kind of want to get right to challenge 2000 without too much road rules and the other seasons kind of as quickly as possible, but I think a little table setting is appropriate first. I know Mm -hmm. you've recently done the challenge mania podcast, a wonderful interview with Scott and Derek over there. For those who haven't listened, listen to this first and then go listen to that as well. But there was a lot of road rules talk on there. And since I was 7 8 when that came out and you can't mm-hmm. watch it anywhere today. I've got a little less on that. But for some table setting, who was Dan Setzler at the time of, you know, 1997 when you filmed Road Rules? How old were you? Where were you living? What's going on in your life? And how did you find yourself getting cast on an MTV reality competition show?
1: That was 19 years old. I was sophomore year of college. I had <clears throat> went to Purdue University in Indiana for my first year of college. And then I moved back to Minnesota. Boilermaker, Boiler maker, yeah. And <laughs> uh, it wasn't my deal out there. Was It was just a little too much in the farm fields of Indiana and so it just wasn't my thing. I'm from West Indiana, Lafayette
0: place. wasn't for you? No, it, honestly, <laughs> it
1: was a little too rural for me. Yeah. Like I you know, I I went there for engineering and I did ROTC actually. I did like the Navy ROTC and and nothing about it was right, so I came back. <laughs> and Minneapolis is a a, a way more metropolitan area. I know a lot of people don't think that because it's like Midwest. But after like Chicago in the Midwest, Minneapolis is it, if you ask me, in terms of art and music and like being a cool city. Mm -hmm. uh, Anyway, so I was 19. And back in the day, it was the summer of 97. We went from Vancouver to New York City. And we took about 10 weeks to do that in a Winnebago. And I don't know what's better than that. You're 19 years old and, you know, half the time you're in Canada, so you can drink legally. So that was good. Cause I was just like, you know, getting into my whole college drinking career. And so <laughs> it was like the best summer of my life of, I mean, honestly, still, I mean, it was just adventures. There was a lot of, you know, I, we had the previous shows are the previous road rule before mine or whatever. A lot of exotic locations, a lot of beaches, a lot of whatever. And I got Canada and it was a lot of farms <laughs> and like,
0: it was a lot of,
1: you know, that kind of stuff. But I mean, I, I can't complain. It was, it was amazing. I, we stayed in a lot of like trailer parks that first mm,
0: season. Yeah. So
1: it was, it was a lot, it was like do a, a mission or something cool and fun for a day. And then it would be five to seven days of hanging out at a trailer park. We took all your credit cards. We took all your money. You can't do anything, you know? So there was a lot of like downtime, but it was still just really fun. I mean, you meet, you get put in a place with all these different person. Like what's great is that you, every time you go on these things, you know, there's going to be personalities there. You know, so, and that's my favorite thing is like, there's a reason why the people got put on these shows. It's because their personalities are something special, whether it's because they're a train wreck and people want to watch it for TV or they're like really amazing, good, like, you know, conscious people that are awesome. So Every time you go on it, it's, you know, meet these amazing people. And so I didn't care that I was like hanging in at the farms in like yeah. Calgary and things like that.
0: Yeah, was, so you're obviously watching Road Rules before you were on it. Were you mm-hmm. actively trying to get on just Road Rules? Were you possibly like real world Road Rules, any MTV, any show? Were you sending in auditions? Did somehow you just stumble across a, ca- a casting call? Like what, how yeah. did you get the initial, opportunity i guess
1: my the way i remember it
0: is they
1: this was i saw bill bellamy i don't know if you remember him he was a comedian mm-hmm. guy he's from deaf comedy jam and that stuff yep. and he was vjing and it was just like at the end of the vj shows like the countdown shows and it was like if you want to be on road rules or real world send in your videotape so we sent in video, vhs you know, back and forth, and so I'm an adventurous guy. I also like I've always been into like doing musicals and like theater and that kind of stuff. Like when I was growing up, I was an athlete, so I mm-hmm. kind of quit that. But right about the time that I was watching and saw Bill me come on for that stuff, like I had just picked up the guitar, and I was starting to do more creative stuff, and. I just wanted to go do some adventures. I mean, I thought it'd be really fun. Like, you know, I mean, I watched that stuff back in those days. They had like the the marathons on on the weekends, you know, so we'd go out partying, you know, Thursday, Friday, and then like Saturday all day was like the marathons, you know? So we'd watch that. So I was like, I want to be on that stuff, like adventure and being on TV. Like, I don't know. It's more fun than... Than just yeah. hanging out in your own town. So I was wanted absolutely. to get out and see some stuff. So yeah, that's kind of where I was. But I mean, I was in business school at University of Minnesota and it, it was just perfect.
0: Yeah. Then, well, pers-
1: you know, it's like the best college ever.
0: I can, having not done it, but. wanting to have done it i'm sure a lot of people listening are like me. wanted to then now every day would love that type of adventure and experience i can totally concur with you it's basically two years then really i think about two years from when you filmed road rules to when you ended up filming challenge 2000 what what were you up to in those two years and were you actively trying to get back on another show was there expectation that there'd be more opportunity with mtv and when did that first call about something called the challenge come mm. around to you?
1: They, you know, back then we had no concept of what the challenge was, you know, we were on road rules. So that was kind of like a halfway challenge, you know, yeah. cause it was half about being on the road and doing the missions and stuff for, you know, from 98, when I got off the show and saw it on TV and, you know, then, yeah, you're right. It was about every two years. They kind of called me back. It was never MTV dealing with me. It was um being a murray the production company so Mm -hmm. i always dealt with them so i never Mm -hmm. saw like mtv letterhead and that i never felt like i was dealing with that and so they just were like hey you want to go do another thing and we didn't have any concept of what a challenge would be or like what that was so of course i said yes because it was a great adventure
0: and I've made some money and And you were like, this one might not be just Canada.
1: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Challenge. Yeah, exactly. And then challenge 2000 was the coolest one of all time for me because it was like, it was rock star. It was two tour buses that were like MT challenge 2000 on the side of the buses, like everywhere we stopped. I mean, riding on the road all day long, five or six hours to go to the next place. Like, people honking like you know like it was just kind of mayhem everywhere and it was like i said rock star so it was just a different level you know the 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 following channels 2002 and 2004 they we were at resorts and we were kind of sequestered but the channels 2000 like i mean can you imagine if you like did that right now with like these challenge people like if you put them in two buses that were like stopping in every small town along the way across the entire U S like they should do that. Like that is so much internet content. It would be ridiculous. Like people would travel from the four corners of the country to like follow that shit. They really would. Like, I don't know why they don't do that.
0: You're you're preaching to the choir. It's one of my, I obviously, as someone who considers myself a historian of this show in game, uh-huh. I have have opinions about how they could make it better or yeah. change it up or whatever. And one of my biggest things is, so what? This, this whole year I've been doing this rewatch series. So I started on right. season one and I've rewatched oh. everyone and done a podcast about it. And the oh. thing I couldn't stop talking about on challenge 2000, the season before and after was the live audience aspect. And the fact that like you guys were like, when you say rock stars, you're rock stars. Like you all are, especially on challenge 2000 tech specifically is like, Uh, actually seems like he's treated like Michael Jackson deservedly. So, but like, that's how much people were like, so excited. And I feel like they could, they couldn't do it the exact same way now, but they could do like for the daily challenges or for like an elimination match or something, they could have an audience and like, I'll, I'll sign an NDA. It's not that hard. Like, but, to put up hey we're gonna be in this place on this day you gotta come you're gonna wait in line there's security and you sign an nda you cannot talk yeah. about it anywhere you got to put your social chains down. whatever if there's a way to do it it would be incredible because it was that's it's so fun watching that season and seeing i was a little ahead of myself but was yeah. what was your guys's reaction did you know that that was the kind of fanfare or the kind of stardom that you all had for being on those shows were you kind of ignorant to that and then it's thrown in your face like holy cow there's a lot of people who like yeah think we're really really cool like were you aware of that going in expected that at all personally i was totally ignorant
1: i mean i mean i don't think i really even thought about it until after i was done doing it you know but you know when we showed up to all the things we did it was like thousands of people would show up because what the hell else were they going to do? It's like small towns or wherever we were. And they would literally just put the call out and have like four high schools show up, you know, to come and view it, you know, so you're sorry. Yeah. It's like, it was just weird, you know? And not, I mean, I can't even believe like we're talking about it right now. I haven't really thought about this, but yeah. Like why don't they do that kind of concept? It would just, even if it was like, even if you had, cause they film you, you know 16 hours a day on the road and even if like 15 hours of it were like totally annoying fanfare weirdo you know like stuff you would never put on the show you're gonna get so much more content i just feel like whatever that's just me being like a i'm with you tv editor guy but yeah that would be
0: (laughs) how cool honestly
1: i I don't know why they don't do it i mean with all with with the internet and how it's running now and how artists are blowing up with like all that raw kind of like, you know, footage, you would get so many things from that as opposed yeah. to like putting all these people only interacting with themselves, you know, that 10 or 15 people that are there at some resort or some like, you know, exotic location.
0: Yeah. I it know. would help with the yeah. mental side of it too, of the, you know, there's a lot of cast that, it is what it is that you know the experience you're going through has its downsides or its mental difficulties of that atmosphere but maybe giving you a little interaction with the outside world would kind of ease some of some of the negative sides of being locked in a house with the same you know 20 yeah 20 production for a month or two on end i mean i get that
1: like locking people in a house might drive them a little crazy so you get more yeah
0: that's part of it but but yeah You're going to get that
1: regardless. I mean, the people who would be like, if you did challenge 2000 with two tour buses, with like those people traveling across the U S where everybody knows them. And everybody knows that if they come up to those buses, they're going to get, have a chance of being in some of the content. Like it would go nuts. You'd have to hire a whole security staff and people would want, I think people would want to watch that. I'd want to watch that. It'd be stupid. I'd be like, These people are idiots driving around on a tour bus. I'd love love it. And I'd love to be one of those idiots.
0: Well, we're not alone. I do know that the godfather, Mark Long, is working on He's bucking
1: for the tour bus challenge?
0: He's originally when Paramount Plus was announced as the new streaming service of CBS, and they announced- the all-stars with it which is obviously mark long and the we want og movements baby they also announced that they were bringing road rules back they then scrapped that but i know mark is working very hard right now behind the scenes to possibly get a road rules style a in the winnebago's again hopefully maybe with live audiences again style show put together with possibly some folks from the past so maybe send him a little dm after this and let him know that uh, you'd be interested in hopping on formulating some deals yeah
1: let me let me take a quick just side note here yeah tech
0: is amazing
1: tech is awesome like tech and theo bond are like they're the same like kind of mentality when you hang out with those guys i just want to say that because tech is like I don't know. I haven't met a lot of people like that where their personality is completely infectious and completely like real and awesome. And, but that guy, and, you know, cause Theo is like one of my like dearest, like friend kind of, I love Theo, Theo and Timmy are my guys from Mm -hmm. the show. And, you know, they're just like the most real people I know. And tech has that tech is like a man like that. I don't know. I just wanted to like, give a shout out to him. I haven't talked to him since 2000,
0: 2000, yeah.
1: so, but he is that good of a cool dude. I just love that guy. Anyway.
0: Yeah, he was, cool. he's one of the ones that, uh, got away from the show and thankfully yeah has they've brought him back in on the all-stars world and we're getting to see what a star he is again it still is never never skipped a beat he did you know he was in the van wilder movie and did some other acting stuff which was really cool now he's crushing his dj comedian if you want to see him soon yeah uh not to plug other people's uh, content but i love as much the challenge mania that you came down to recently spur the moment they're doing Another event of that, but stand up comedy mixed with Challenge Mania Ooh, event nice. this November. And Tech is one of the four people doing comedy. So, November 5th, What's, Chicago. What
1: city is, oh, Chicago, it's in Chicago? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Come, 5th, on come on down. I've got
0: extra. I've already got extra tickets. So, if it's sold out or Scott won't wouldn't hook you up with an extra man. ticket, I got you covered. But, indeed, I'd get love to, to see, see Tech him. do some comedy.
1: Uh, I'm telling you, man, like he, like those three guys. Theo, Timmy, and Tech are, like, the, like, the guys that I, I'm just, like, those people have this thing that, like, I haven't met in, like, in anybody else. You know, with Tech is, like, he, just who he is, is so, like, freeing and funny, obviously funny, but just more, it's just awesome. It's, it's, like, it's performance, but you don't, ever feel like he's performing to anybody and so like that's the same exact way that like hanging out with Theo and Timmy is it's it's they're just so funny (laughs) I mean you just (laughs) want to like be around that kind of silliness and mentality anyway I just think it's, it's really separate of any interview I've ever done or any shows I've ever done those three guys I've just noticed something that's just kind of a
0: special thing about them anyway that definitely comes through on screen because i've got some timmy and theo related questions coming up when we get to some of those seasons they're absolute favorites of mine as is tech and on that note of he definitely all of you guys seem to be pretty comfortable with the kind of stardom and the audiences, everything we talked about tech most of all and they definitely you know constantly chant his name at different places you'd go which brings me to we're just gonna go through kind of the challenge 2000 yeah. mostly chronologically here. A couple of things I want to highlight or ask about. And the first one relates to one of the times where you had the maybe the biggest crowd that you ever had, where Tech was absolutely among all of you, just a star of stars. Was Redneck Games one of the yes. daily challenges? You guys, I yeah. think I don't know if it was in Kentucky or where it was. It was in the middle it, of nowhere. Okay,
1: it was Dublin, Georgia. Okay, and. The, the funny part about it is, is that you have dum-dums, they have, um, I cannot remember the name. What's the, what's the zipper company? Zipper company.
0: I don't know. Oh, YYK. Oh, okay. Yeah.
1: That's, you know that's what I'm talking what about? Every on? Yeah. Z- yeah. They have that in like, off in this weird spot in Dublin, Georgia, there's like this big, Looks like you know FBI secret like headquarters in the middle of like the red mud, <laughs> like rolling hills in Georgia, and it's the YYK zipper thing. And I was like, "That's so cool!" I just nice. You know, that's Loves. the same as the Dum Dums. It's the yeah. like that corporate, like, is the Dum Dums like their corporate headquarters? Does it look like? like a Willy Wonka factory it like kind of no, out of place to, as it's small. It's, it just looks like a building. Not. It's a
0: very plain, nondescript <laughs> building with a little scrolling ticker on the outside that says "Dum Dums made this year 2 billion or whatever oh, it is. That's they, all keep, they, they keep oh, track. It's man. a tracker. It's very, that's how
1: good dumb Dums are. They don't even have to advertise. They don't even, that's yeah. all they have.
0: Anyway. Everyone in our town knows and thinks about them, but so this yeah. town has that zipper company, it also has yeah. this redneck games festival, redneck which you games, guys yeah. drop in on yes. and take part in. Yeah, it's iconic. It's, I named it recently. I did for my hundredth podcast episode, I did a hundred challenge takes or opinions where mm-hmm. I just tried to name a hundred different just statements about it. And I said, in that redneck games is the most fun and funniest daily challenge that's ever happened across the show, and it was in the third season. You guys do a whole bunch of wild stuff eat pigs feet controversial pie eating contest during it but the best part of all of it is right at the end the final stage of it which is a belly flop mud pit belly flop competition yes that i want to ask you about i'm going to start by though showing you your performance in that mud pit belly flop competition so that we can Uh. jog your memory (laughs) a little bit and then we'll be able to grade it after the fact
1: <laughs> what form? I thought so
0: yeah right what form i mean uh, <laughs> that I, I deserved five out of five the crowd's going moment. wild there <laughs> was this day as fun as it looked and do you have any idea what right before you said i am a something i don't know if it was i am a legend what before you jumped in and did that perfectly yeah. legendary belly flop do you remember what you said there or anything about I, this I,
1: yeah i said i am a redneck and you know it's really funny because like so I did that first for that jump I said I am a redneck and it's like really embarrassing for me actually (laughs) and I'll tell you I don't know did you see I sent you the a picture of me jumping over las vegas the strip yeah and, and your
0: photo quality way better yeah. than my video quality of that <laughs> season and everything was that yeah. something they took and like gave to you afterwards because that perfect. was
1: somebody's personal camera and i don't even think that was that wasn't digital that was a digital camera that somebody like took that that was either my camera that somebody used you know or and they said but i have that actual hard copy of that picture but So honestly, now they look at it, it's the same, it's the same swan dive.
0: Yeah, you perfected it off of the Vegas Tower. the
1: Vegas Tower, yeah. I'm really proud of that swan dive because like a lot of people went and there was like 12 of us. And so we all did it and they all like fell back and like just kind of like melted off the side of that thing. But I was like, fuck this. I'm gonna, I'm just gonna swan dive. If like this bungee doesn't catch me, I'm swan diving to my death, you know? <laughs> and like, it was great. Cause like the, the guys who made that at the top of the stratosphere tower, they were like the original bungee jump guys,
0: mm-hmm. like
1: the guys who invented it. So like yeah. every, you know, they spent like, it was like three or 400 grand just making this thing on top of the stratosphere tower. And so anyways, getting back to the Dublin days and the I am a redneck. So I, I screamed, I am a redneck. And then I jumped in. So the day that I went and jumped out the stratosphere tower, I, I, I think it's like a thing before I'm doing something really scary. <laughs> and I went to this other thing where I was like, and it was like this high pitched voice, you know, like I was so nervous. And I was like, cut cut me off y'all like it was like this (laughs) really high-pitched voice like i was like but i was so scared you know and so i still if you go back to that footage you'll hear me kind of do the same thing where i'm like about to do something whatever and so for the redneck i was like i am a redneck and to me it's embarrassing i feel like it's a high-pitched voice i jumped (laughs) in that mud thing i'll tell you you know we did that for 10 weeks was the whole thing and that was towards the end but mm-hmm. for another 10 weeks i still had red mud coming out of my ears like, it was like like it was the craziest weirdest thing like jumping into that you definitely led face first and well, I, that's what i wanted <laughs> to do i was like if i am a redneck i'm gonna go I like i mean i like put arms back i mean i was like i wanted to do the best belly flop i
0: could anyway yeah they were, you were one of a, a few during that one there was some very Impressive flops. Yours, yours definitely among them. Uh, moving to a couple other moments from that season. One of them, that season and the one or two right around it were really, really big on celebrity cameos. Hmm. You had a few in your season, they're almost all athletes. Roy Jones Jr. showed up once and mm-hmm. faked like he was gonna beat David Burns to death, which was great. You also, though, got awesome. to play got to play a football game coached by Warren Sapp and Derek Brooks and some other NFL players. And I know on your previous interview with Scott and Derek at challenge mania, you mentioned your father was a big football player, got drafted by the 49ers. So obviously Mm -hmm. football in the family, when you got to walk out on a field and see like, holy cow, like they brought in some, like, not just NFL players, but like big names, they had just won the super bowl, like a year or two before. Were you thinking of your dad at all? And like how cool it would be to tell him that you got to do this? Were you super excited? Did the celebrity cameos have a big effect on you or not?
1: Well, I mean, you know, definitely when I went to play with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and those guys, Warren Sapp, Deer Brooks. Yeah, my dad, like I was always thinking how like much fun he would have had hanging out with those guys, you know, because we got to like – we got to hang with them, actually. It was,
0: like, cool. We, oh, yeah. Uh, Piggy State. tried to hang out with one of them, like, a lot yeah. longer than just the bar that night.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Like, I'm not going to say anything about the, that night or the couple nights that we hang out with those guys. But, like, hanging out with, like, those NFL stars and, like, seeing them interact with people is exactly what you'd think it would be.
0: Yeah. <laughs> did it like, give you guys some perspective of like, oh, we're not the stars for the night? Or 100, yeah, yeah, like <laughs> they
1: would do and say anything they wanted, and it just all worked. You know, and I was like, oh,
0: okay, I get it. That like, nice. That's what playing like, on Sundays gets you. Made me feel okay. better
1: about myself. You know, I was like, oh, <laughs> I've said that to girls before, and that did not work. But I get why it's working now. I was like, that's so. Some- fucked up shit like you should not <laughs> say that to other people and they're like oh yeah, that's yeah. i was like okay that's all i'm gonna <laughs> say about it but yeah it was it was a i mean i learned a lot from hanging yeah. out around those
0: people it was cool so on the season road rules kicks real world's ass pretty much the whole season which was a yes. theme across the six different seasons where it was real world versus road rules a mm-hmm. lot of road rules kicking ass but they did get you guys good one time, like really really good. And that was when they made up a fake mission, yeah. printed out documents at Kinko's, made it look all official and convinced you and your whole team on your single night in South Beach at in Miami. Yeah. They convinced you to run around doing silly ultimately pointless tasks just completely waste your one night there doing this fake yeah. mission that didn't count. It's probably the best prank in the history of the show. There's been a lot of pranks in Challenge Houses. You've been a part of a few of them on the receiving and the giving end. But this one, I think, is all time because no one's ever no one's ever made a team do a fake mission and yeah. waste a night in South Beach before. That's pretty, pretty incredible. Do you remember at all how believable this was, how much convincing it maybe took, how angry you might have been after the fact, realizing that it was all for nothing and that it was all a prank by them?
1: It was, I, I totally remember it. It was like going into it. We, we totally believed it, you know, you know, the whole thing about that one was, is that they needed the production staff to pull that off the way they did it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, cause they had like the, the notes and the, the hard copy stuff that they sent us had all the right fonts, had all the, they, I mean, it was the same as all the clues we'd had before. You know, so it wasn't like the other team didn't, they get, they got help. Yeah. You know, so, you know, so when, when we figured out the prank, it wasn't like, I was just like, okay, you got us like, okay, way (laughs) to go. Like I was going to fall for that every time. Like, cause we were doing these missions and whatever. So it was cool. They did that. I don't really think that they came up with it. I think the I think the directors came up with that. Yeah,
0: to give it get a little extra content. It definitely worked they got which, the entire, which the they entire do, episode. They yeah. should do
1: that in all these episodes. They should do more <laughs> of that shit where it's like fake pranks. Well, I yeah, mean, I was going to say
0: they definitely got some help from production. But the amount of help that was needed is way less than like, they couldn't really do this today without it being 100% a production contrived because like the way they like get clues or announce things or whatever today is like, there's a lot more to it. And so it'd be a way more of yeah. a thing to try to pull that off. But I've it's it's definitely a memorable episode and moment in challenge history. The, the only time someone got faked into I think you guys at one point had to paint an old man's toenails, I believe was one of the things. Oh yeah. Buried, buried to in them. the sand. Yeah. Shit, yeah. Thankfully, Los had friends who were down to get their picture taken naked, just like on the spot, because I think yeah. that was the first thing you had to do. is a, a wild, wild night. Did Did after that happen, did that change the dynamic between the teams? Was there any bitterness or did you get over it pretty quick and be like, all right, that was kind of funny. You know, you made us waste a night in Miami, but like, it's fine, whatever. Or was it? Well, I
1: mean, that was the end of our trip. We Mm -hmm. had been kicking their ass the entire time. So it didn't really like matter to us. Like, It wasn't like when we learned about it, we weren't like, Totally surprised. It was just like, oh, okay. Well, we'll give you this one. That's cool. <laughs> so it didn't matter to us too much. I mean, we're we're in South Beach. You know, yeah. we're like having the time of our lives. So yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it was, we just kind of saw it as like a production did that to us, and okay, cool. Yeah, get us, get us one more time.
0: Okay, I've got another clip here to play for you real quick, yeah. and uh, there's going to be. Two questions that come out of it—one a little more serious than the other—but we'll quickly sure. play this for you. Dan's an incredible team leader. He brings us calmness to the whole group.
1: Our team is sad, man. I think I that's the last crunches I ever did. Just
0: because we don't need any more drama. Hey- all right so i play that clip for two reasons the first one is there that was not the only time we saw you getting a solid workout in this season but the 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 side crunches on top of the picnic table i've got to know is that is that still in the repertoire how'd you come up with the the placement was the grass not just you know not soft enough for you what, how did you end up on top of the picnic table for your ab session <sighs> I can't really remember how that happened, but I'm guessing that,
1: number one, it, that those trailer parks, it's just like hard crabgrass in Florida. So yeah. I probably just <laughs> moved up to the top of it because of that, because you yeah. get grass itch if you're in the grass. But I also like, since I've been on those shows in the past, like 20 years or whatever it is, like, that's what I do every day is, is like mobility and like that kind of training. So I'm like people say oh you do yoga and stuff yeah I took a yoga class like 20 years ago and <laughs> and every day since then I just make up my own shit so yeah that one is like yeah I probably was trying to get off the grass but I also was thinking about like how gravity's pushing down on me and being on a flat surface probably helps my muscles like reorganize themselves like that kind yeah, of so some so, thought was going into yeah, it. yeah there's like some it. deeper shit yeah but mostly it's probably the grass that's
0: what i'm all right about. and a more serious note then so in yeah. that clip is the beginning of of a moment on the show your team the road rules team while kicking ass did have some drama internally that whole season and most notably los uh, and piggy found uh, themselves at odds a lot of time and a lot of those got to be like very real world real raw situations discussions turned to arguments over you know like race issues experience issues how different people wanted to interact with the world and you of anyone on your team really became a mediator at different times and that clip is alluding to right before you eventually would go Los had stayed at a hotel for the night you were the one to go talk to him bring him back into the fold and convince convince him to some degree or help him you know, give him a ride back to like, Hey, let's stay, let's stick it out these next five days. What was being that mediator kind of like, you know, going from that fun, crazy adventure to like, Holy cow, there's like some very real raw stuff going on here. And I guess I can try to be some sort of mediator, help this out. And, you know, obviously some very heavy topic matter you're being filmed while all this is happening. What was that kind of experience? Like, I would imagine it could have been, was it jarring at all to kind of switch from we're doing this fun, crazy game show to like, now I'm talking to some people about these really real things. They're still filming this, you know, how was that for you? That was,
1: that was actually a really real moment. You never know when people are playing to the camera or not playing to the camera on these shows, you know, and, and all people's motivation. Like I don't hold it against anybody if they like, are being extra dramatic or extra confrontational or extra sexual or anything, you know, it's like, you're coming on this stuff. You're trying to get, I mean, whether you're like doing it for personal reasons or whatever it is, you know, so the whole low situation, I don't know. I, I, I never really knew like why he was so, you know, off put by it. Whatever, but he obviously stayed somewhere else. And so, you know, that whole day when I went there and did that, I thought I was like, you know, like I want—I just want to tell you it was real. Like I wasn't Mm -hmm. trying to be like trying to get content for the show. I wasn't trying to—I wasn't in that mentality. Mm -hmm. I really wanted to like make my experience there better and i felt like you know he just he was gonna go and do and whatever he wanted to kind of separate from us and he had kind of separated himself anyway so that was like a real moment i just was like hey man i just want to let you know i kind of i will either kind of do what you are thinking or i don't know i'll just be accommodating because i just want to see if we can make this cool so that yeah. was kind of a cool moment. It wasn't like a contrived, like me trying to like make drama.
0: Absolutely. I did, don't know if that answers did, the question, but yeah. Does that, did that come natural to you? Is that a type of person like you were in your real life or was your team at all? Like someone's got to do this. Like Dan, we nominate you or were you that kind of on your own? Like someone should do this. That one, I'm, I'm I available. Just, I got the car keys. I'll go, I'll go yeah. have this conversation. I'm interested in making I this felt better. Like I- I felt like I was the best person for the
1: job. So I just went and did it yeah. is all I, I did. And it wasn't like there was really much of a job, but I was like, I don't know. I didn't yeah. like, I'm I'm a confrontational person anyways. You know, I'm a Minneapolis, like Minnesota, Midwest, nice kind of thing, you know? So, so for me to go and into a situation where I was going to like face some confrontation like that from a person that like, I don't really have any invested interest in. Mm-hmm. You know, for me to do that was the, is kind of what we're saying here is yeah. like the important part of what we're taking. I, for some reason, I really wanted to make the situation better and, you know, that's what you got out of it. You know, it yeah. was if so.
0: Very cool. All right. Yeah. Final, final question on challenge 2000 before I move to the next season. For sure. The end of the season, final mission you guys have to do, you guys get to go skydiving okay. and This moment is one I cite all the time. I have been known in the past to say that only half joking that someone from production deserved to go to jail for allowing this (laughs) daily challenge to happen. You guys go skydiving and you don't skydive with someone. You jump out of the plane, they let go of you, you have to land on your own which is actually full on illegal now you can't just do is it illegal in all the states yeah you you can never you can't your first jump your first like i don't know how many is like 15 to 20 jumps you cannot be not attached to someone else it's just for for obvious safety reasons it's a difficult thing and i always look back at this yes gets pretty hurt he tries to play it off a little better amaya goes to the hospital thankfully you and others do amazing you land it, bullseye everything what were the feelings going into this? Were you excited about it? And what, if any, like, did they give you training? Did you have like a little seminar before of like, this is how you land on a parachute. Good luck. What was everyone feeling? What was that experience like? Because it, it blows me away every time I think about it, that it was even allowed to happen. And that thankfully, I mean, thankfully only one person went to the hospital and was you know totally fine after. But it's, it's quite the moment in challenge history when things definitely, the safety standards were... We're a little more lax back in the day. Certainly
1: man, that, you know, that was one of the craziest things that's ever happened to me. And everything you're saying is right. Like I had all those same thoughts. Was it, how can they have us do this? You know, but obviously what, like, like the training for those was you can do a tandem one and you just have like an hour or two or three of like a a course there. And they go through all the safety stuff or. You can pay more and get a 24-hour day lesson about it. And then that's what we did. And then the next morning is when we went and did it, you know. And so going into it, we were thinking, okay, well, people do this, you know. So it wasn't like we were thinking this is like something that it wasn't jumping out the Stratosphere Tower, something nobody had ever done before. So I, like my mentality was like, okay, so people do this. I think it's really crazy that I'm going to be by myself up in the air, but yeah. And when, you know, when we saw that, you know, cause it was six people went up on the first flight and six people went up on the second flight and I was on the second one. And the first person that came down or one of the first people that came down was yes. And he came down with like three Hard. football fields away from where we were supposed to go. So like in the training, like they gave you a bunch of these aerial pictures and stuff. And so I had done a bunch of visualizing of like, you know, like when I was actually up there floating and I was like, okay, I got to find this field I got to land into. I was like, oh, I'm looking at this picture of these, these 10 fields that I got to get to. And so I visualize the whole thing, but he came down so far away from where we were and he came down with the wind. When you fall on those things, it's 20 miles. It's like like kind of basically, it's like you're falling at a rate of 20 miles an hour, like down. And so when you land, if you land going with the wind and you got the wind behind you, you got your 20 miles an hour. And if it's a 10 mile an hour, a 20 mile an hour wind, you're hitting the ground at 40. That's what Yes did. Yeah. That's not not cool. That's how he got fucked up. But well, if you do it right, you go into the wind. So now I'm falling 20 into a 10 or a 20 mile an hour wind. So now it's only five or 10 miles an hour of like drop that you're, yeah. or of speed that you're hitting the ground at. So, and so that's what scared me. It was like, okay, yes. Just like <laughs> then the other deal, but then on the same round, Veronica came down and she landed right Nails in the fucking it. deal. And I was like, yep. Okay, I don't really know what's going on here. So I was totally <laughs> confused, and I think I was like one of the last people. I think I was like the la- one of
0: the very you're last. Shown, la- you're shown. Yeah. You're shown as the last, second, last one landing. Yeah, know. I really was no. One,
1: I think I was like one of the last people, and so. It was really crazy. That was a scary one. Like I can tell you about the stratosphere tower and jumping off that, how I almost died. But the the one where I, the jumping out of the plane, and this was a part of their training was they said, okay, so if the chute comes out and like the, the it's twisted, like the line is twisted. Okay. Here's what you got to do. And I was like, okay. So, so if the line's twisted, then it can't billow out at the top. So it doesn't slow you down. So you're falling faster and you see, so that's what happened to me. So the thing was twisted and I'm, so what happens is, so you jump out of the plane and then there's two instructors and they're each holding onto your shoulders. So they fall with you. And then what what you do is you pull the ripcord so you slow up faster than them. And so they keep falling. So now you're by yourself once the, and they pull the ripcord for you. So you pull the ripcord. So now I'm falling. I see them leave. I'm by myself. I look up at my parachute and it's like all you know janky. It's not like oh my goodness. holding me. So I was like, okay, this is what they told me. I'm about to shit my pants, but I gotta figure this out. And and the and the training is you you like kick your legs like a scissor kick, like to like yes. like switch yourself around. And like I tried it and I was going the wrong way the first time. So I was like, okay, so now and I keep in mind, I'm falling faster. I don't know. Then I feel yeah. like I should be falling. I've never done this before, <laughs> but I'm like, okay, this is really fucking scary. The ground and, uh, is right there. Yes. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm up way high. I mean, yeah, I can, it's... from the height I'm at, I can see the tip of Florida. So okay. like, cause we are in Miami, whatever. Yeah. And so that's how high I, up. It looks like I'm looking at a, a relief map of the mm-hmm. United States kind of a thing. And so you don't have that ground rush feeling. So there's not that. But the excitement is like, okay. And I did a couple scissor kicks and all of a sudden just, and then I was like, it was the most beautiful experience I've ever had. It was so sunny and it was like golden hour about four o'clock in the afternoon. Like I said, I can see the tip of Florida. So I got the whole ocean I can see. And it was just like this slight breeze and I'm just hanging. I was like, this is the coolest thing I've ever experience because and then I fell to the ground and then like as I got closer to the ground I started worrying about where I was and they have they have a Mm walkie-talkie on you so once you get down to about 300 or 400 or whatever the feet is you know then the walkie-talkie comes in so I was talking to the dude that was like Mm -hmm. my instructor and He was just telling me, like, he just guided me. And, like, I had already visualized where I wanted to go. So I knew, like, how I should, like, ground underneath me should look to where I should go. But he was like, okay, toggle right, toggle left, toggle right, toggle left. And, like, I mean, I was just, like, doing this. And it just was perfect. It was a perfect. Like, I don't know how it it happened. And I nailed it. And I came down on my feet. Veronica, she landed on her butt. I came down on my feet and just stuck it. It hurt like hell. Like, I came down really soft, but like my knees were locked or something and uh, it it hurt. Like, my Still knees didn't were hurting feel good. Yeah. I mean, I think I came down like maybe at like 20 miles an hour or, you know, some kind of just enough that like, cause it was like rocks. It was soft. Yeah. But like, anyway, so that was a lot to explain all that. But. <laughs> Well, it was a it was a crazy experience. Like it was a really visceral awesome experience.
0: Yeah, and it's definitely again because it things like that are both possibly illegal now and production's yeah. a little more buttoned up on what are we gonna put these through. It's the type of stuff that only happened on some of these earlier seasons and not as much today. They still obviously do an incredible amount of extreme stuff, yeah. but it there's a little more a little more of a safety net involved in them nowadays moving friend, then I'll go ahead. yeah oh, oh I, was I was just gonna
1: sorry. say a side note my friend tara who was on my original show she just texted me she got a hold of the video we did a uh wwf wrestling we like <laughs> um just did a quick mission with them in calgary uh, mm-hmm. on my original show and thinking about that that day like they, the dude like body slammed me. I mean, he's like, you know, 6'5, 270, I'm guessing. And I'm like 160, you know, 5'10. And he body slammed me. And I was the first person to go, he body slammed me, but he like, he made me land on my side. And I had like, I was seeing stars. I was like, like all the whole production was like, okay, we can't have them do that. So they didn't do it to anybody else. Like they were like, they were like, okay, that is too much. guinea pig trial
0: didn't go well there was a few
1: moments like that that were like you know and that was actually the worst i ever got hurt on one of these you know like falling over the streets of las vegas or like jumping out over you know florida like that i didn't get hurt in all that stuff but Mm -hmm. when i got body slammed like from 15 feet in the air as hard as i can get slammed down on my side like you think your head goes like Boom, like that, and it was the worst. Like I, Ugh. I was fucked up for a couple of days on that one.
0: Yeah, That so, whiplash so can be real. They, Very scary. You know, yeah.
1: but it, but it's like, a, I don't know. It's like a coal miner's mentality. It's a corporation, and they got insurance. So, you know, but there is a point yeah. where yeah. the producers or the directors are like, "We're human. We can't let you do this." Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. like, it takes a while before you get to that yeah we know you they, know they got insurance, but they know you yeah. got insurance it's your choice idiot you know yeah. it's, uh, so. all right well Keep speaking of go. tara
0: and yeah. chat then battle of the seasons you come back a couple years later you're partnered with tara you guys are a part of the road rules team but it's partners and teams at the same time it's one of my favorite seasons ever i think it's one of the best seasons mm-hmm. of the of the entire run of the show it's a very different experience than you've been on before. Cause it's the first ever season where you're staying in one place the whole time you're in houses, you're in Mexico, it's beautiful. It's awesome. And there's a baby in the house. So let me just start oh, with that one, yeah. both showing up. Did you know it was going to be a different, like you're staying in one place. Did you like it when you showed up and saw like, oh, we're staying here the whole time? Was that cool or not cool? And then you realized someone brought their literal baby with them. <laughs> what was the response to like, wait, there's a baby involved on in this season? Are they in the cast? Are they not in the cast? What's going on here?
1: The first, so that was Cabo San Lucas. Mm-hmm.
0: And the first
1: three or four nights mm-hmm. we were there, we weren't on camera and it was all the dudes sequestered in one place and all the girls in the other place. And that was like the most fun three nights I ever had. Like we were (laughs) like, it was this like, and that's where I met Timmy and Theo and we didn't even know it, but like we ended up being like the guys on that one. And so I, I can, I can remember more of those three nights than like any other like part of that whole trip because when we, like, I guess. When I came, we were on this resort, but what happened was, is like, we had those three nights and then all of a sudden now we're doing the show. And then like a day after the show happened or two days into it, there was a huge hurricane. hurricane. Yeah. So the whole plate, I mean, entire hotels were washed out into the ocean. Like it was a major thing. So like most of the roads were messed up. Like all we had was like the, the workers and stuff that were at the resort that we were, they lived on the resort like, to begin with, but, like, we were just by ourselves, and it was, I mean, it was, like, you couldn't do anything, so they, they shut it down for, like, 10, like, a week or something, because there was nothing to do, Um, but, I mean, it was just a weird experience, because of that, like, you know, we were, like, all the people in the town and all that were, like, dealing with, like, trying to get water and electricity and like trying to get back to a normal state. And we were, you know, jumping into pools like with a bunch of floaties and trying to like win a thousand (laughs) American dollars, you know, it just felt really weird. Yeah. And there was a couple of times where like the, the people that were on the show, they went and did like some like cleanup stuff, you know, like cleaned up around the resort and whatever. And they were filming that. And I was like, I don't want to be a part of this crap. This is stupid. Like, I don't want this show and me being here, like to be about me, like helping these people. Like it was weird to be there in the first place. So yeah, I don't know. It was a, that was a weird one. I enjoyed it a lot because of the people. And then, like you said, Baloo had her kid there, but like, like Baloo having the kid there was secondary to like hurricane, you know, like I was like, Might as well have a kid on this one, like for a couple days. That's like the interesting talking point. And then you're like, So, about this hurricane that's about to wipe us out. Yeah, yeah.
0: Speaking of the hurricane, I have to ask then during that break, they were filming at different times. And one of the times they're filming was one of the most legendary parties in the history of the challenge. You guys had a full-blown toga party in the middle of the electricity being out, being sequestered during a hurricane. And that episode is infamous for a lot of reasons. It's on the top of a lot of challenge fans' minds of, yeah, it looks like it would have been horrible to go live through that hurricane and everything that went down. But for that night of that party, it looks like the place I wish I could have been in all of challenge history Do you have any memories of that party? And did you, Dan Sutzler, go into the VIP room slash closet of the party at any point that (laughs) Cole was so viciously guarding?
1: I remember that. That you're like, you witnessed like people making the best of it. And it really was like, a it's, it was a raw party, you know, like we had all been like sick for days because we all just. (laughs) had montezuma's revenge from Mm -hmm. we just did not have the right food so we'd all been sick for days and it was just raw and like that party to me it just like is us in bed sheets like going from hotel room to hotel room Mm -hmm. (laughs) but it was awesome it was i don't know like uh i don't i did not take part in the in the closet i shoulda i definitely (laughs) should i was i was there was half the crew during that party was like completely sick like we were yeah. not it was hard we were just trying to make something good out of a
0: it's a testament you know. to i mean everyone on its personalities and why you were all getting cast on shows like this that yeah. in the middle of this kind of horrible circumstances yeah. around you you can yeah. be like one we all want to let loose but two you know we're all kind of professionals at this we're good at this we're the type of personality like Should we have a toga party? That'll make cheer everyone up for a couple hours. That'll give them something good for the cameras, whatever. It's a real testament to how this cast is one of the kind of real great casts in the history of the show of just like, these people all deserved and were on TV for a reason and really kind of document that era of the types of people they were bringing on and the personalities and how great it was. And the fact that you can make this truly one of the like top five to 10 challenge moments of all time that gets referenced, out of the middle of a hurricane is is really really something
1: so the toga party people bring that up that up a lot i mean honestly i forgot about that until you brought it up but yeah it's i i
0: I say obviously i was not at any of the great challenge parties in history there's you know almost one every season the best seasons have have a really great party with them i think it from the outside seems like the most interesting and fun one of all time Uh but it's certainly while Not everyone maybe agrees it's the coolest one ever, like I do. It's brought up a lot in the challenge world, just the people that were involved in it, too, and just the circumstances, the whole thing. It's a very, it's a very interesting one. And because no one can watch it anymore, there's these kind of big moments from these early seasons that no one can see, or even more like Mm -hmm. these, like cult classic, like. You know, we can't watch him, but we can talk about him and yeah. we can reminisce and we can hope to see him again and we can hit up Jacob on Instagram and beg him to let us watch his files, <laughs> even though that's illegal and he can't do yeah. it. So that whole season, you're partnered with Tara. You guys do really well. Yeah. You're from after the first mission for the second, third, fourth and fifth. You're in the you know top three, the inner circle. So you're never at jeopardy of going home. You kind of feel pretty safe the whole time you're going to be there till the end. Mm -hmm. You do have to vote people off by being in that top three. But your team, the only one that was kind of, you know, quote unquote, controversial at all was the very first one, which you weren't a part of making decision when yes. And Veronica got sent home after that. You guys pretty much seem to stick to like whoever's doing the worst You're gonna go home. It's pretty cut and dry. We're not gonna like play politics here, anything like that. So, I know that maybe it wasn't the hardest decisions to have to make because you stuck to that system. But I know you've mentioned in the past you weren't aren't a super big fan of like playing the politics in these games, and you liked that you didn't have to, you know, like on a road rules challenge 2000. So was it weird coming into this house and suddenly even if your decisions were kind of cut and dry, being the one of the six people that four times in a row had to tell someone else, your experience is done. You're going home. You don't get to stay to the end. That one. Yeah. I mean,
1: but the ones I was on, I didn't have a feeling of just that whole game of cutting people out and having to like, be like fake in front of people or like, you know, form alliances where I'm like lying to people and stuff. The one the last two when I was the they didn't really like yeah, we kicked people off, but like you said, it was more of a performance-based. It wasn't like this person it wasn't a personal thing or it never really made it be a personal thing. So I didn't ever have to feel
0: for your shitty. teams it wasn't, yes. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. You were well, on you were on the right team both seasons too. Uh, like, yeah. our team does it this way. Honestly. No one's feelings yep. get hurt. The other teams both of those seasons got where the first teams to ever get a little personal or get a little shady in their in their dealings so you guys are you know in that comfortable position all season long you know or i guess you don't know but every time you do better and better you kind of know based on where the points are like Mm. i'm gonna be able to make it to the end of this the game changes halfway through there's only six of you left on road rules six left on real world now you're kind of doing season more similar to what they had done before like six on six one thing You and Tara still do great. Road Rules does great the whole time. Your best performance, though, is you did get one daily challenge win where you and Tara win the whole challenge. It was called Hands on Saturn. You have to hold your hands and feet at different times on a block of ice on the beach in the shape of a Saturn car. You guys win. This this challenge was famous for a couple moments. One, I'm going to play for you and ask you about here in a moment. But the first one... Was your guy Timmy who decides in the up. middle of it yeah. to I gotta go to the bathroom? I'm not ready to be eliminated. I'm gonna pee right here. A few minutes later, finds out I've got to sit down now. Has to sit down in his pee. Were you? I forget, where were you standing in relation to him? Do you have any <laughs> fond memories of that challenge in particular? Totally. He I kept telling him, I was
1: like, dude, I, I was pretty much right next to him, or one person away, I think. I can't remember, but. Cause he was talking, he's like, I think I gotta pee. I gotta. I was like, Don't do it, man. You're gonna be known as as the fucking guy who pees. Like, don't do it, you know. And he totally did it. And that's the power of Timmy. Like nobody ever. He can talked pull it off. It. Yeah, he can pull yeah. it off. I mean, how many people can do that? I was. Yeah. I was scared for him, but like I said, he he's the man.
0: His yeah. his legend precedes him. That's far down the <laughs> far down the list of things to bring it up, and he is. Yeah. He's such a good guy that, yes, he can be yeah. the guy to be like, Timmy, remember when you had to sit in your own pee? And it can be like a totally positive, like, let's laugh about this. It was hilarious. You made yeah. great TV. Not a like, hey, that was dumb, right? He'd be
1: like, that was the only choice he had to make. Like, uh, he yeah, to make. So, which, like, you know, so hey, he was know, a competitor. He yeah. wanted to stay
0: in the game. It kind of was. Yeah. Um, the second part of that is at the end, you guys win. There is a, there's a bar set up on the beach next to where you guys are competing that when people get eliminated they can go have some margaritas or in possibly your case when you win you could celebrate with some margaritas let me play this quick clip for you and then i want you to explain what maybe was going on here how the celebrations unfolded that day for you today's winner it's not a surprise they were in it to win it from the beginning dan and tara from road Whoa! yeah Yeah. Yeah.
1: Tara and I have gone on what we like to call a little bit of a slump, and we just took a huge step out. Right. Easy, Dad, easy. Ooh. I'm happy as hell.
0: We finally won something, and it's a car! I love my new Saturn FC2. And I agree. So, <laughs> man, so with that, I haven't seen that. Did apparently. you. Did you, was there some time between your win and when they actually filmed the announcement of you winning? And did you just go chug margarita? Was that beach just a little slippery? Did Tara maybe push you a little <laughs> bit there? How did, how did that stumble come about? And what was, I, it? Was, what was the feeling of winning your second car, the second time you'd won a car in Challenge History?
1: That one, that show, I, well, AI like grew a mustache for that show. Um, It looked good. Hey, thanks, buddy. Yeah. You can't really see it, like, for the first half of the show. It took, like, the whole half of the show for it to get thick enough you could see it. That was where I first brought out the blue blockers. I had been buying blue blockers. This is back when in 2000 when you can buy blue blockers for, like, 15 bucks at Walgreens. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, I'm just going to, like, throw it out there that, like, this was way before Zach Galifianakis. This is way before. I mean, I brought blue blockers back, and there's video evidence of it. So I was in, and that whole thing, like I was doing prank or pratfalls, like the entire time I was just doing Chevy chases. Like Hmm. I was, I mean, I think I did it like that show. I think, didn't we do a tandem to like start the show, like landing on the beach kind of a thing. I can't remember
0: the the skydiving
1: thing and. And so I do. I was doing Pratt Falls the entire time. So love it. That's so that one to answer your question. I was not drinking a lot. I that was my first margarita. But they were like, "Okay, you're gonna walk over there." And I was like, "Oh, this is gonna be my Ar- perfect time. Arthur, my Arthur moment." I don't know that that like makes me an old guy, but Arthur is like the classic. I'm with you. Oh yeah. That's that was him. That like that like the martini falling. And saving the martini but still falling. That was all just, I was doing Pratt Falls then. So that's what just that
0: was. constant entertainer. And obviously, yeah. you know, it worked yeah. well enough to, it was one of the, you know, constantly oh, pull yeah, from that episode of like, that was so it. great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, I think, did I do a Pratt Fall in the game show one? I feel like I fell down like when I got introduced <laughs> on the game show one of on them. You
0: show. did. And, I actually, I'm glad you brought it up. I'll quickly ask you about that. That yeah. game show, yeah. um, the trivia, They, I think, I forget, some sort of couples, I don't know what they called it no. exactly, but it was couples trivia where you answered questions about your partner, they came back in, you found out yes. if you were matching, newlyweds game type of style, and You, your performance, uh, everyone's performance, it's one of, it's probably the best daily challenge of the season and trivia has now become this like staple classic part of every challenge season. And this is the first ever real version of it they did. And it's so good. It's such gold. The clip actually, I played for you before we started recording to see if the clips would work was from that where you you answered who did who the cast if you had to sleep with someone in the cast you went with sean everyone else went with timmy so they thought you went with timmy which timmy was the clear obvious choice timmy even went with timmy um that was was that as fun in the moment as it seemed like it was and was everyone having as good a time with that as it seemed because that seemed of the second half of the show when it's just the 12 of you and mark and eric that seemed like kind of the highlight moment where like everyone here is having a great time they're all like really enjoying themselves no one seems to be having a bad day they're happy they're still here happy they're still having this experience i think you read it right i think
1: uh, like when i was doing it i didn't know that it was that cool of an experience but like after when I saw it and like I I just remember thinking Mark Long is really cool I was like I was like he is they get so into it he's so in he did like all of his lines in that one I was like oh this is Mark Long's like what he is like his best thing or like I was like yeah I just he was like just totally cool in that moment I was like oh
0: he committed he's, to the bit hard and he's yeah, just he the best to the game bit show hard. host. Yeah. yeah. And like, like and, you could be on Game Show Network for the rest of your life if you want. Like, I this is your like, demo.
1: You you know, when you see somebody in their element, that's what everybody like wants to see and like everybody latches on to. And I was like, I didn't think I was going to latch on to Mark Long. But at that point, I'm like, man, that's the coolest shit. And so, <laughs> I remember that and thinking, but I think um, in terms of it just turned into one of the coolest things that we ever did in terms of the, I think the production and direct, like Buna Murray got really good stuff out of it. And you got to kind of see more of a personality and you could see that, Ooh, maybe that, like you said, this is something we should keep doing because Mm -hmm. it, it just was like a special kind of. They just stumbled on something with that whole game show
0: thing and how it worked out. Yeah. They they need to. I'm glad that trivia became a trivia in some form became a staple of the show. That version of it though, the like newlywed style, like let's yeah. let them sit down, let's let them have drinks. Like yeah. if they want oh, to. Yeah. Yeah. Like that style guess, of it was just so fun. It brought answers. out so much more. Yeah. yeah. What uh, cool? yeah Final thing then, two final things on this season, and then we'll get to your third and final season that you did. Challenge history was made. You were a part of a lot of different challenge history being on the third, fifth, and ninth season. Lots of things were changing. You were a part of like the first time this happened. You know, like trivia, we just talked about so many things. One thing that you were the f- first to ever be a part of, and then the only one at least that we've ever seen on camera, there's some rumors that it's maybe happened other times off camera, but on camera there was a plot hatched to split money between the teams. It started with early in the season, real world decided, we tell the people as we eliminate them, don't worry, we're going to send you some money when this is all over to try to ease their feelings. But then at the end of the season, road rules and real world come together. Almost everyone, not everyone seemed to agree, but almost everyone. And there was some sort of deal of if you win, you split some of the money with us. If we win, you split. we split some of the money with you. Everyone pair up seemed like maybe you and Sean were a pair of people who were you know in on that together was this Mm -hmm. was this as real as they made it seem on camera and did Sean ever send you any money after the fact did the deal actually go through after the fact we totally dealed that one out you know I
1: it says you know it looks like I didn't win all the shows but I actually did because that because that one we (laughs) split the money I was with Sean
0: the and, one who wrote the literal legal contract on yeah, paper, yeah, so if the, anyone yeah. was going to go through with it, it yeah, had to be,
1: yeah, yeah, we and You're we right. wrote that out. I doubt that would be like usable no, in court. Not binding. No, I don't think so. <laughs> I think, I think one of the people had problems. Like so, because we all paired up with somebody because mm-hmm. it was the six on each side, and as I remember, someone didn't get the money. But Holly. Sean, but what's that? Hallie didn't.
0: Well, at least from what they show on in the show itself, is Holly was the only one who didn't agree to it, which left Coral on the other side without someone. Because then Coral gloats about oh. it after they win, of like I don't have to split my money with anyone. Like she didn't want to split the money. I won too bad. Oh. I don't have to split money. Oh, you all yeah. have to split money. And it's like think, yeah, yeah, Coral's the big winner. Right about, She's the only yeah. one that didn't have to give up half the money. I think yeah that uh, now
1: that you say that yeah that I think. I think that was the deal, and I think maybe one other and, person just like had a bad person to deal with, so they were like, "Yeah, well, I'm not Theo. gonna send you the cash." I can't remember who it was, but because Theo has another... a,
0: there's a very one of my, it's it's not fun for him, I'm sure, but a very fun moment of how great he was at just being an entertainer when he's not even trying was right afterwards. He makes a phone call, and like the right as whoever he's calling answers, he's like what's up? I just lost $50,000. How's your day going? it's just (laughs) like, oh damn, like I feel so bad for you. But it also seems like maybe you don't think you're getting any money from whoever beat you.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I came out good on that one and Sean gave me the money. So it was, yeah, we split that one. It was the greatest. That one, that one production, like almost, and those like final challenges, the last couple ones I went on production, I think kind of made it so, you know, they wanted, whoever they wanted to win won. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like uh, that one, the channel, the 2002, I remember I had to dive into off a sailboat and like, go like take something off, like a knot underneath the ocean. Yeah. Like, and I it wouldn't pull come something off. Up. And yeah. So like we dive down there and there's like the two things like the real world side and the road rule side. And like. Real world side was like like one loop, and you just went whip, and, and ours was like this knot of like it was the a uh, football size or like a basketball size knot frayed, and there was no possible way that you were gonna dive down at like thirty feet or not it wasn't thirty feet, it was probably like fifteen feet, and then you're like, oh, now I gotta like untangle yeah. this. We're like, this is not happening. I was like, okay, they. You know, and then that happened too on the two thousand four. I feel like the they women made couldn't it. find the, the key. Women, yeah, they couldn't find the key or something. Which and it was
0: like You were way ahead Production by. just
1: made it. Yeah. yeah, we were gonna win anyway, but like they there was a couple moments like that where it's like they just take the this is our game show, we can do whatever we want, and we're gonna make the people win who we wanna win.
0: Yeah. And plus it's Definitely. those are the earliest. I mean, this season was literally the season five ballot season was the first ever like final mission. Really. They had done one on extreme challenge right before it, but it was like a one mile, just push this car from one end to the other. There wasn't like anything else to it other than just like do this. This was the first one with like stages. I will ask though, that definitely tripped you up. You guys took a lead though, later in that, if I gave you the tower of Hanoi puzzle right now, the puzzle that ultimately tripped you all up and gave real world the chance to pass you, could you do that puzzle? Do you even remember what that puzzle is? I'm terrible at riddles. Like I'm (laughs) terrible
1: at that, like that thing right there. Like I, I'm really smart. I'm really like, like smart and that kind of stuff. I think I have like riddle anxiety. And so when Anytime I get something like that where it's, like, just a little bit of a brain trick, I don't – I think I just kind of get, like,
0: I just shut down or something. So, yeah, yeah, I'm not good at those. I never like when people are, like, judge people on the shows. They're, like, you're either smart or you're dumb if you can do puzzles or not. It's, like, no, puzzles are, like, their own category of the brain. Super intelligent people could be horrible at puzzles. Yeah. Super – Not that intelligent people could be brilliant at puzzles. It's just kind of how your brain works and how it matches up with each different one. But I will, as just a tip, we'll, at the end of this, uh, talk about All-Stars. But if you ever were to end up on a game show again, that specific puzzle, the Tower of Hanoi, comes up a lot in the challenge in other places. So definitely want to very you, it's one where you can just look up the answer and learn very quickly and easily so but well that's def- yeah
1: that's my go-to is like there's the google riddle you know like it's yeah. just
0: like figure it out and I'm, people are like oh
1: my god you got that i'm like i know <laughs> you're it like is. i have
0: the internet it's in my pocket I'm, all day long i'm self-aware <laughs> i know i'm not gonna <laughs> yeah. get these riddles you're i like, just go right to the google i don't need to waste <laughs> my time thinking about that i can just find out the answer <laughs> so then we move a couple years later you come back what ends up being for your last season, we'll talk about that in a second, but you come back, Battle of the Sexes 2, in challenge time, this is going from season five to season nine, and in that time, a lot of the game changed in a really big way, but then some of those changes didn't show up in Battle of the Sexes 2, specifically... The game had gotten a lot more physical. They started to be like football pads being worn from time to time and different stuff. And they started having eliminations on season seven and eight that they, for season nine, when you come back in, they don't do those eliminations. It's the last season to never have, to have a voting versus a you two people have to go in and actually do something head to head. Were you watching the seasons in between being on? Did you know about, any of the changes in the game or have any expectation coming into this Battle of the Sexes 2 of like it's gonna be way different because I've seen that they're doing this stuff or I've heard from other people they're doing this stuff now. Where did you have different expectations going into that season?
1: at going into those, it was the time of where I thought I was like, okay, when is this gonna get like Fear Factor? Mm-hmm. Cause we hadn't done that stuff and I'd seen Joe Rogan on those stuff, and so Leading up to those, that was where they started making people eat weird shit and like do that kind of stuff.
0: And the season so right before you is yeah. literally the challenge. It should have been called the challenge, Fear Factor. The Inferno season eight and every one of the eliminations is literally something that happened on Fear Factor that they brought yeah. into the show. And it's like, oh, they're leaning into that. And so I kind of felt like, that was going to be more
1: a part of the what we did but it it just wasn't like i mean Mm -hmm. we only had to like eat some gross like bugs and some honey and like it wasn't that terrible you know i thought it was going to be way more
0: yeah but that was was the
1: mentality going in i it was kind of a foreign thing like going into that like we didn't really expect that
0: was the because there's a bunch of people in the cast who had been on the season or two prior. Was there anyone like when you first got in the house and learned what the game was that was like, oh, we like don't have to do eliminations or anything like that that they've added recently? Like it's back to this style of game, or was everyone just like, this is what we're doing? They've done bow the sexes once before. It'll be like that. For me, it wasn't. It wasn't on my in my
1: wavelength. Like I wasn't thinking about the elimination stuff it wasn't put in there yet and i would Mm -hmm. be the type of person like i didn't like kicking Derek off on that one Mm -hmm. you know like because i don't know i'm just not that kind of person so you know for me to like not feel that then i really don't think that was they just weren't doing it yet and they hadn't figured Mm -hmm. out that that was like a big part of the drama that they could bring to those shows you know yeah
0: for sure. So. With the season, you mentioned you had to get rid of Derek, one of the very few people that, well, I guess you got rid of people the whole way long You had to get down to three, but one of the few times that you or the men's team at all had any actual friction at all, because as I, when we met at challenge mania a few weeks ago, the first thing I wanted to ask you about was this men's team from this season mm-hmm. and how, you guys didn't just dominate, like you dominated the competition part of it. That was one thing. But part of that, the reason I thought from the outside that you did so is because of how carefree and how good of chemistry and camaraderie that group of guys seem to have. You're in your own house. The girls have a house. You guys have a house. You're doing your own thing. You seems like you're just chilling, having a great time the whole time. Every person that you eliminate, save for maybe, and even a Derek. Derek gets like a really nice send off. You guys have a little party for him, toast to him. Everyone talks about him being a great guy. Every person that goes home does it with a smile on their face. There's a big send-off. You guys have, the chemistry is just amazing. It made, as I told you before, it almost makes for a boring season of TV where all the storylines of the season have to do with the women's team because you could see production being like, these guys just like each other. They're just hanging out, having a good time. There's not like, Mm -hmm. we're looking for some drama and whatnot here. And there's a little of it over here, so we'll look over here. How amazing was it being a part of that group of guys? Was it as fun and you know, kind of carefree, good camaraderie as it seemed like from the outside? Or was there, was there a little more tension or divide that maybe we weren't seeing? I mean, I think it, you said it in terms of how it was set up. Like we were on this
1: resort in Santa Fe, New Mexico and the guys were in one big house and the girls were a, like a golf cart ride away in their big house. And so, yeah, there was no dudes that like really started anything or were like selfish or weird. So we all just got along and it was just like girls against guys the whole time. And so, yeah, they were like, we would go and we would go over to their place to party and just like mix shit up and like drink and stuff. And then, you know, but like, yeah, all the drama was happening over there. We just, we didn't care at all. Like it was not a part of our... So I just remember that being that way. Like they, how that was set up was, you know, cause like the earlier challenges, we were like just closer together, Mm -hmm. but I think that, I don't know. I think that's how guys, guys are going to, you're going to have that. Like guys are just going to get along more like that because. You know, 20 dudes or 15 dudes, like we're used to being in a team mentality where there's, there's light competition, but it's not personal. It never Mm -hmm. feels personal. Whereas you get like 20 girls in the house and they're going to create more stuff than the dudes would. That's kind of what yeah. I think
0: went on. We saw that this season and the previous bow, the sexist season, they've kind of both went the same way. A lot of great people involved in both sides, but both times, it was kind of like the guy's team was just chilling. It was like, it's fun when we yeah. get to compete and otherwise we'll just yeah. hang out. And some of us will be here at the end. And the women got a little bit more personal and was ultimately kind of their, the reason the guys teams did so well both of those seasons let yeah. me ask you this multiple choice then yeah if if i told you you get a week-long vacation at an airbnb everyone's staying in the same airbnb for a week do you pick who of who you have to go with do you pick this men's team your original road rules cast or the final 12 people from battle of the seasons Which group would you pick? Which would be the best to hang out with for a week? You all have to live together again, though.
1: I'm going to say the Battle of the Seasons. Okay. You know, those, yeah, that final, that was just beautiful, man. It was just like the, what, 12 of us, like, hanging out in Cabo
0: and- And 14, because you guys, Mark and Eric, the best job in the world. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. I always say that's the best- gig any challengers ever got is those two getting to host not play that season because then they're guaranteed there the whole time they can have fun they're not a part of any of the any of it they just get to you know make up a new bit every night and be a new host or whatever
1: that was just tropical hanging out it was yeah that would be the coolest
0: speaking of mark and eric and then theo you guys do by the end of the season, it's clear there's a little bit of an alliance between the four of you. I know you referenced it when you talked with Scott and Derek on Challenge Mania that there was at least agreement going into the season that then you never really had to like live up to until maybe right at the very end when there was five of you left, Brad ends up being the you know f- second to last to go home, the fifth person on the men's side. And there was a little bit of like, he kind of realized like, oh, it seems like, you know dan and eric stepped up to be captains today very quickly and it seems like there's a very clear and obvious like brad's the one that's got to go home because the other four of us so how did was that a real alliance that was like ahead of time like you guys talked about like we're gonna have each other's back and did that come from the time you spent with them on battle of the seasons or were you talking or hanging out with mark and eric between them yeah how did that
1: happen because well they they hit me up beforehand
0: mm-hmm. um
1: and I, uh, cause I had been with Theo, yeah,
0: you know, you on the previous one. So that's, that,
1: that was the connection. Cause I didn't really know Mark or Eric before then. I don't think anyway. Mm-hmm. So they just called me up and it was, you know, very casual because we had no idea how the thing was going to go. We didn't know there was going to be three people at the end. We didn't know if there was even going to be kicking people off. Mm -hmm. It was just a, hey, we're going to try and do an alliance. And then how it worked out was like, we all did really well in this stuff. So we never had to like play the deal until the very Mm -hmm. end. Like you said, with Brad, we just had to do the one move at the end where we had to get him to like, you know, be on some other side of it. And, you know, I mean, (laughs) it just worked out perfect. We didn't have to do anything like I, like we didn't even have to really use the alliance.
0: Yeah. The then it does it comes up a little with Brad, but then the four of you do make it to the end. And another really, really impactful and cool moment that you were a part of then is when you get to the final four, there's two parts to what happens. You have one final challenge before the like final one. And in that one before it, Mark and Eric come to you and Theo and they say, Look, you guys You deserve to be in the final two. It's going to be one of us. One of us will be the ones that goes home. You two are in the final three, no matter what. Was that something that had been discussed before out of the four of you or at any point during the season when you realized like, hey, they told us there's going to be three of us left. The four of us are kind of have this little thing going on, or was it not mentioned until right when it truly came down to like, there's four of us left. We got to talk about this. And those two guys just decide to be awesome guys and be like, hey, you two are in, you two are good. It'll be one of us. The way I remember it, I don't think we
1: knew it was just going to be the final three because we didn't have to, like, deal with that. But then right at the end, I just remember because Mark went home, right?
0: Yeah, he eventually yeah. sacrifices he, himself yeah, he by solved. throwing the yeah. challenge, which yeah. is the other part of this is they tell you guys, you two are going to be in it. It'll be one of us. It seems like the, you know, Eric is going to be the choice, but then you get to the challenge And you realize that because of like, if you're a captain and you win, you're safe. If you're a captain and you lose, you can go home. You guys make Eric a captain, Mark, not a captain. And you're like, or however you did it, you are like, we're gonna win and Eric's gonna go home. But then you realize, Mark realizes, hey, it would be really good for us if of the four women left, we'd kind of like Arissa to be here, and they made yeah. her a captain because they think yeah. they're going to lose. Yeah. What if we lose on purpose yeah. and I'll go home? Yeah. And the two questions that come with that because it's a it's a crazy moment. Obviously, Mark outsized influence and you know figure in the challenge world for him to you know hook up his buddy Eric in this way. Those two are the oh the first yeah. ever road ruler and real worlder and whatnot, but. One, the prank, the, or not the prank, the throne challenge is as well executed of a throne challenge as anyone's ever done. You guys, uh-huh. in doesn't, it seems pretty obvious to us watching on camera the women don't know at all. They was that as it. fun? Because yeah. you guys are running <laughs> around the corner of the building laughing. Like, I can't believe they didn't realize that that was totally on purpose and come back, <laughs> straight face. How much fun was that? And how, was it shocking at all that Mark was like, hey, we should do this and I'll go home. It's fine. It
1: wasn't shocking. I remember we just like, when it came to the head like that, it was just like, okay, we'll do it. And then I remember thinking, okay, well, Mark's just got to trust that we're going to pay him the money, which we mm-hmm. did. You know, so it it was a very matter of fact, simple kind of thing. Throwing that thing, I remember feeling, yeah, well, I can't believe that they didn't think that we were throwing <laughs> this. Like... I remember also thinking I don't like being up on this plank like outside of the building and I don't want to fall. Like I really don't want to fall. So when the choice was made to me that I could just like fake a fall and not even have to do it, I was like, all right, yeah, that sounds great. I'll just like, but I mean get it over quick. I feel like I just like I didn't even try to jump. I felt like I just kind of looked like scared and just kind of grappled onto the plank, like I was like. This yeah, you really, kind of collapse really onto obvious, it and hold yeah. on. Yeah, looks the really others like,
0: do really silly, like, I'm on yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm going to yeah, yeah. And it's like,
0: that's obviously Mark and Eric and Theo and Dan have better balance than this. Like, have you been paying yeah, attention the we're whole months like you've been here? They're pretty dudes. good at this stuff. Like, yeah. there's a reason they're here and they've won yeah. every challenge up until this. But I don't know they weren't thinking. So final thing on just specific uh, final specific thing, at least to... Bow the sexes to another piece of challenge history you were a part of the first ever overnight challenge of any sort in the first overnight final challenge ever you guys are interrupted your final dinner a bunch of people come in wearing ski masks johnny mosley is clearly with them but it's also meant to be some sort of you know scary they're smashing stuff they're you know ordering you outside was that moment did you know the moment that happened that like There's nothing wrong here. That's clearly that's Johnny Mosley. And clearly (laughs) for the show, was there any nerves at all?
1: Well, the, you know, the happening of it was surprising. We were sitting around eating dinner. I did not expect that at all, but like a really funny part of it was like, you know, one of the worker guys that we had talked to and like hung out with for a month or whatever, he had been talking about this dinner for weeks. Like I mean, like two weeks for I mean, which was like the lifetime there because we're mm-hmm. there twenty four seven. Like it's like each day is like three days of happiness. Yeah. And he was so excited to make this dinner, and he probably prepared for like three days. And like, <laughs> we got served it, and they came in and just like full steaks, just like smashed the plates and did the whole thing. <laughs> like I just still remember. We were like in this backyard compound, this big main building or whatever. And so I just still remember off in the distance, just hearing him be like, fuck, like he was so pissed.
0: <laughs> Anyways. I think they would have roped him in on it and let him I know like, know, hey, you don't have to work but, too hard. Like, But
1: they wanted like him to have his reaction and like getting us excited about the dinner yeah, and to have like, to it, it. it'd be like, a, and so Anyway, when it all went down, I was kind of actually more like thinking about that. I was like, man, this guy, like, I feel so bad for that dude. And um, but then I was thinking, okay, this is gonna be kind of a weird thing. They they put us, then they took us right to like this like big auditorium room where we slept and it was completely in the dark. And like, mm-hmm. so that kind of sucked. That was that was like like a good 10, 15 hours of like what are they going to yeah. make us do here? So then I was kind of like, cause that was a point where like, you could have been sitting in the dark and someone could have just reached up and grabbed you. Mm-hmm. So there was that, but when we were like at the dinner and like, they were doing this whole thing and like, you know, Mosley came in the ski master, whatever they came in. Like I wasn't scared then, but yeah. when I was at like at night and it was about like hour three or four, and I was like, okay, it's fucking pitch black here. Like <laughs> This is fucking weird. Like, what are they going to make us do? You know? Awesome. And then, We just went and did like running and like a triathlon course for the thing. So it wasn't, yeah, it never scared me. I thought it was gonna, but it never did.
0: How did that night of the six of you having to in the dark for, you know, 10 to 12 hours in that room compare to back on Challenge 2000, where they made you and your team go into the same little office room for 24 hours as a mission, which is. Literally the whole purpose of was to drive you crazy. Is that the bouncing little, ball one? Yeah. You guys had to bounce yeah, the yeah. tennis ball. I think yeah. your team figured out how to yeah. rig the, like the air conditioner to blow the ball or whatever. Yeah. How, how did those compare? Which one was, worst experience of, being locked in a room for hours on end with your cast members? I mean, I think like the, the first one was worse cause
1: we were newer at it. Like the one that was in 2004, mm-hmm. we were just like okay what you know like we know we're not gonna die and we know we're not mm-hmm. gonna get hurt and they're just gonna do something whatever i felt like it was let there just was no like special magic that could scare me anymore
0: mm-hmm. That's how I felt gotcha like yeah. so you win battle of the sexes too you guys go on you win that final pretty easily wow. i might add even with or without the the lost key snafu that we previously yes. mentioned but you win it's your second time winning in three seasons made the final all three times as we said earlier you kind of you got money you got paid on the one that you didn't win quote unquote but then they never call you again and was it truly like did they truly never call you again was there never any other opportunity to go back on the show they didn't call
1: me they didn't yeah i you know like i i i was different i i mean i don't think the first couple shows I was on, there was like, they made romance stuff out of me. And mm-hmm. so that's why they had me back. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the last show I was on, nothing happened. I didn't fight with anybody and there was no fucking. And so mm-hmm. I just think that's what it was. I mean, I, I don't, I think if you're on there and you're doing one of those two things, you're going to come back, you know? Yeah. And I, even a few years later, I like reached out to them and was like, Hey, you know, I'll do all that. I don't care. You know, like I, I just, the 2004 one, I just was kind of like, I don't know. I kind of was over it for a while. I didn't want to mm-hmm. like talk about myself anymore. And, you know, which was like kind of stupid in terms of, you know, having like a career or making money or being able to perpetuate
0: it. But
1: mm-hmm. I think that's just where I felt like. And
0: I think that happens I, to even the ones that do it uh, yeah. you know, that have done 15 of them or whatever now yeah. have either taken breaks or had seasons or yeah. moments where you're like, Oh, they're clearly like, I would understand from the outside why that would be like, yeah, this is really, really amazing. But when you do it a couple of times in a row, depending what else is going on in life, you're like, I'm not that into it this time, but I might come back or other time I might be all the way into it, you know?
1: Which is weird to say, cause it's really like a unique, awesome experience. And I'm like, so grateful I've got to do all this stuff, you know? So I never wanted to discount it but i think that's just where my mentality was and i was enough and i mean i was enough to be like i think i remember telling peers, i don't really want to talk about stuff anymore Mm -hmm. you know and so was that like kind of selfish of me or like whatever i guess i don't know but yeah
0: it's sure definitely how it went down not exactly what they're they're hoping to hear but is also no, at the same time uh-uh, like uh-uh. the realist. You can be with them. You're like you want my authentic self. This is how yeah. I'm actually feeling right now. So yeah. you know, good on you. It's for- a funny.
1: It's a funny thing. Like I feel like most of the, like half the people that go on these things that I've experienced, half of them are like there because they like have this a personality that's like a genuinely a genuine and genuinely interesting personality and. They And then the other half of the people, I feel like they really kind of cast people that have, like, emotional issues that, like, they, you know, they are there for this, like, craziness, you know? Yeah. It's one of the hard
0: parts of the show. Yeah. That was clearly something that was certainly happening in, like, the early eras when you were on and something that became... A big problem for them later i always talk about the production from the beginning of the show to now in all reality television to some extent is trying to walk this fine line of we want people to argue and fight we want people to hook up and it to be messy and whatever we want drama but we only want it up until this point because cross that point is some things you know that we wouldn't be proud of or that these we don't you know or you know morally yeah. you know where's that line morally and whatever and how do we walk it without crossing it in the show definitely at, in the seasons to come after you were on has a run of seasons where it got really really bad and there was clearly like we're putting people in this house and we're taking advantage of them and yeah. we're doing it because we think you know this is going to be great television but it's horrible yeah. for them and we know it and that became a massive problem led to a lot of issues and they had to kind of self-correct of like, we can't do that. That's not the right way to do this. It might be good TV maybe, but it's not maybe the best thing morally to like take someone who we think this is a bad environment for and put them there just because of that exact reason. But I think they were still learning that it took a while to learn that. And they were still learning that in these seasons. Did they ever like come out and cop to that? (laughs)
1: Like, I feel like, I mean, I mean, how, how, I don't, I just feel, obvious. I feel like they're going to make the show be as interesting and as dramatic as possible to make the most ad dollars. And mm-hmm. so like, unless they're getting fined or like some other entity is making them not create that kind of thing, what is the motivation for them not to bring, you know, people that have some kind of, you know, emotional things that's like, are going to flare up while they're on camera. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't think they've ever had to Hold back on that. I mean, the people who go on it, they sign waivers and they are adults that can, they're giving up whatever they put on camera. I mean, I don't know. Yeah.
0: I think they've just had, there's one real big instance. I think they just had to try to figure out, adjust where that line is a little and the types of people that they could bring in who could get them up to that line without crossing it or different, different types. The, The big one was in the season's. Or was she in was tanya on battle the sexes too with you guys i don't think she oh was. yeah well yeah. yeah i
1: mean that's probably the example i go to i'm like that yeah, person, Like she's the, like she, the one yeah, that yeah. eventually
0: it was like hey like it's very clear watching the show that this is not a an appropriate environment and you're kind of taking advantage of that putting her in it yeah. makes great television but it it ultimately led to some really unfortunate things and lawsuits and all kinds of different stuff. And so that's the only time. Yeah. I didn't know any,
1: I didn't know about any of those lawsuits or whatever, but if I was going to pick someone that like, I thought that would all happen with, I was like, yeah, I was like, I felt bad. I was like, this is just sad all around. I mean, isn't this plucking out people that, I mean, I was like, there's like people that have like a certain upbringing. And then like the other half of the people are all like, from like, Estranged families and just these backgrounds. I'm just like, oh man, like I feel so sad. Like, dang, it's just not right. Yeah.
0: It's there. They had to kind of adjust. Like, we're looking for volatility, but we're not yeah. looking to like exploit someone's, you know, their circumstances in life. What's led them there to like exploit that volatility? We want people who are just, you know, we can feel well, a little better about them freaking out.
1: Well, good. I mean, what were the lawsuits? Who brought lawsuits? Tanya brought lawsuits against people.
0: Yeah, without going in too much detail, there was there was a lot of bullying that happened on the show, and yeah. eventually there was a sexual assault lawsuit against uh, two cast members put forward by Tanya oh, that was all dang. settled out of out of you know out of court, out of public. She went eye.
1: The, after the cast members, or she went after MTV.
0: The cast members and the show. Everyone was yeah. involved in the proceedings, and it was. It's a part of, there's a string of seasons, the island and the ruins are the two specific seasons where it's very, just. it's not good. It's just real bad. And I'm surprised they have those seasons available to watch because it's very obvious that like, yeah, it's not a great, not a great thing, things going on. But yeah, I think that was the era of the show. They had to look themselves in the mirror and be like, all right, we, we crossed that line. We still want, this is still the same show. We still want these, these types of personalities, these types of people, but how do we do it? in a little more moral way or a way where we're a little safer. There's like a fence on that line and we can go up to it, but we don't cross it as much.
1: Well, and therein lies the, you know, the penalty for doing that, you know, like they never had, there was no motivation for them not to, you know, do that, but then they had to pay the price and take a little, yeah. Learn some lessons. Yeah. Well, that's cool. I hope she got paid and I hope that, you know, like, (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah hope she got everything she needed out of, the, yeah, out of it yeah for
1: right you know but anyway yeah so we don't that yeah, was, was just i was i'm just
0: like personally interested in what i'll ever happen to that because well cause, yeah we will be, like yeah they can i'll be if you show. if you want to yeah. hear more of it i'm actually next week about to in my rewatch series where the next season up is the island which is season oh. 16 and it's when a lot of that type of stuff starts occurring and so yeah. I'm having some people on that can hopefully speak to it a little bit better than yeah. myself. Yeah. And so if you're interested well, in it, yeah, that'll be it. out there yeah. as for, so you don't get any calls back. You don't get to go back. Yeah. If you would have gotten the chance, you, it sounds like you definitely like were are up for it. And, Always, you know, maybe it'd yeah. come around to being like, I'm ready to do this again. I'm ready to go in. Do you think. Did you continue watching the show and do you think if you would have got the chance to go back would you have liked you know you were right on the precipice of when the show really got kind of competitive and physical and became you know like more sport elements mixed into the game show fun atmosphere silly atmosphere do you think you would have liked if you would have got to go back on being a part of that more kind of sport-centric physical cutthroat game or would you have maybe been like maybe this is i liked how it was before I would have, I would have, I would have done anything
1: I would have, you know, if it was just going to be like a straight up real world mentality, just go somewhere for a while and do it. It, the adventure is, is there like for me, I, mm-hmm. it, it's just a fun, and crazy experience. So I'd do it anytime. Nice. It's not like a dramatic answer, but mm-hmm. it's the
0: real one what do you if anything what do you think was kind of the biggest lessons you learned about yourself from doing these shows or what when you Mm. you know after each season or after you kind of knew not getting calls back that that chapter of my life might be over for the time being and you reflected on it was there anything you really like learned about yourself felt changed about yourself from these big crazy experiences i mean yeah for sure like
1: The biggest thing that I learned about myself was, it was just putting myself out there and just gaining strength and confidence and just, you know, being somewhat revealing about myself, but also just traveling and leaving your own city and, you know, being a part of a big TV production. And it just, it's a big adventure that you learn you just learn how strong you are, but you also learn like how weak you are too. And so mainly I gained strength from it. And, but I also saw, you know, more personal on like being on TV and that whole experience of having the cameras on you when you're just trying to live your life and be real that personally, I'm a very, into like just personality and psyche and all that kind of stuff. And so I learned a ton about myself and how, you know, when I was on those, I think I was, I was very guarded in terms of what I revealed and very aware of the cameras. You know, I don't, I don't think I ever really was comfortable, you know? And so not that I would like strive to be like, Oh, I should be comfortable in front of cameras. Like that's a weird thing to begin with. But Mm -hmm. I learned like socially just so much about where I am like scared of like revealing stuff or scared of just scared of anything where my fears are. Yeah. It's very telling, you know, and then you get to see yourself on camera reacting in all those situations. So it's a hundred percent social experiment that I learned from.
0: Did you always watch after? Did you always watch every season, or were you one of the ones that's like, I did it, and I don't need to rewatch it or anything?
1: I watched my shows. I just enjoyed it. It was like watching home movies of a, yeah. you know, vacation. You know, for me, so I enjoy. I always enjoyed watching those, but I I stopped watching it after. I think I just stopped watching MTV and those kind of shows after mm-hmm. a year or so after the last one I was on. and you're in the age where
0: that's you're not the target demo i was
1: just yeah i honestly i stopped watching tv i stopped watching t i was i started doing music more being more that way and so i'd sit down and watch tv and i'd get antsy after like 20 30 minutes so but before that like growing up i watched a lot of tv so Mm -hmm. it was just more a part of my life
0: yeah i want to ask about the music in one second before i do we've mentioned a bunch of their names already but you being a legend of the show yourself, and the game, the show, everything—the you know, challenge in general—you also happened to cross paths with basically every single legendary figure from like the first era to two eras of the show. Literally, the like—if you were to make the list of like the most impactful, the the like biggest names from it—you did a season with pretty much everyone from that first era, so. I'm going to say someone's name. I want you to give me one word. The first word that oh. comes to your mind to just de- of like describe that person, what you think of when I say this person's name. Right. And then if you do have a good, you know, story or memory, favorite story or memory of that person, you can I feel free that. to share that as well. The first four, I've got four, six names, but the first four of them literally to speak to like who you cross paths and did seasons with I are the four people I think are on challenge Mount Rushmore, which. To me, a lot of people throw out like, who's your who's your Mount Rushmore? And they mean the best mm. four people of all time. That's not mm-hmm. what it is because the real Mount Rushmore, that's it's not the four best presidents. It's like the four <laughs> early impactful. If it yeah. wasn't for these people, we wouldn't be what we are. Yeah. So those four people in the challenge world are the first four people I wanna ask about. Number one, Veronica. One word to describe Veronica and <laughs> any memory or story you got of her.
1: Oh, Veronica. I don't know why. Maybe just because it's Ver- veruca salt, but I just like salty in a good way. Like, a, like a salted, <laughs> like a salted caramel. She's just like, <laughs> just like sweet, like salty, sweet, and just like fiery, I guess. I don't know. She, but Veronica is a smile. Like I kind of always see her smile.
0: Yeah. She's the, I always name her. She's the original face of the franchise the first ever like challenge star not ah. like road rule star real world star but challenge star she became the star of the show she was on yeah. seven of the first 10 seasons and was very much like the original first ever like you're the face of the franchise if we have to put one person on like a poster for the show it's yeah. veronica so then we've got coral you did two seasons with coral what's the first thing you think of when i bring up coral like one word She's like a, like a, I want to say like an anomaly
1: to Mm -hmm. me. She is amazing. She's Uh, a true one of one. Yeah. She is, she's the best trash talker I've ever heard of anybody. Like, I mean, the way she can, like, I don't ever want to mix it up verbally with her. You know, (laughs) like she's like, I've never heard someone more naturally just be able to, she's the like funniest person like, there's, you know, she's in my top, like, five funniest, naturally. So, she's, Coral's awesome. Nice.
0: Yeah. Uh, and then, always kind of going right with Coral hand in hand, the Miz.
1: Miz, that guy.
0: Which you focused. got to see the focused. true, The you were there for, like, the literal making Man, of the, the character the Miz, the, yeah. the, the transformation the p the middle of the transformation was battle of the seasons some that great moments some tough moments but
1: that guy's laser focus i mean that he had this little idea and this little thing and he was just like i'm gonna like just only exist in that in the Miz, and that's where he's at you know like that's it's really awesome was
0: that's it cool. Yeah. How was it on battle of the seasons with him having that kind of focus where the two, were your teams interacting I thought all was, that much? Or were you like, ever like, weird. Hey, can you just be Mike for the moment? Or like, you thought that, it was was,
1: weird? that wasn't laser focus when I stopped. Yeah. I was just like, <laughs> okay, this guy half the time is in this character that he will not come out of, you know? And I was like, okay. Half of it was like when he drank, you know, so I was like, okay, this guy's not a good drinker. So half (laughs) of it was that. And then the other half was like, okay, no, he really is going into this thing. And, you know, the type of thing where he would be that character. And I didn't really know that he was doing that because he wanted to be WWE. Like, I didn't know that. Like, so it was doubly weird. I was just (laughs) like, okay, this, but I respected it. I was like, okay, you're, you're doing what the hell you want to do. And it's different and people obviously gotta give you shit for it. So I think that's cool because you're still doing it. So (laughs) there was a, really a weird thing when I saw it, but now knowing, and I say laser focus, I was like, yeah, you did it right, buddy. Like, you know, but you know, the thousands of other times people try that stuff and it doesn't like, like outwardly look successful,
0: they, you know, you look, like they don't have like, the focus or the <laughs> dedication and persistence well, to be yeah, like, no, I'm yeah. going to take the laughs and I'm going to, I'm still going to turn this into something. Which yeah, I mean, that's a really it's, cool, yeah, I mean, that's what I strive for incredible. in
1: my mentality is to be that like strong and, you know, like impervious to distraction,
0: mm-hmm. you know, and to know that the journey takes a long time. So yeah, for yeah. almost every lot single lot person ever to you get to shape. where they're trying yeah. to go. Yeah. Yeah. All right. The la- then three others. We've mentioned them all at different points, but to uh, kind of circle back to them. First one, Mark Long.
1: Man, he's just like, he's the guy. <laughs> That's a, Like he's the guy. Like, I don't know. Like part of it is he's the game show host. Like he's, he's the host. Like he, mm-hmm. so like, I don't know, back in the, back in the seventies, like, I think there was an actual game show host named Guy something that was like the big guy, but <laughs> So I just think of him as guy like this.
0: Yeah. It makes constant. sense when on like a bow, the sex is too. It's like the guy's team doesn't have a leader, but also marks like the leader because it's Mark yeah. and like, everyone's like, yeah, that guy could be in, in charge if someone ever has to be in charge.
1: He's the constant accommodator, but he's the constant like leader
0: mm-hmm. at the same time. People love what him. makes a great leader. Yeah. 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 So anyway and then the final two so you've mentioned they're you know kind of maybe your best buds that you came out of the show with timmy and theo how so was that purely just obviously you know the three of you end up being the last three on three guys on the road rules team on bow the seasons and just from all that time together what what kind of brought the three of you together and what were is there any like favorite moment that wouldn't have been on camera you know outside of the game of you know shenanigans you guys are doing or just late nights chatting or anything like that
1: yeah those guys I mean we were on the show and there was like it was like two weeks at the end of the show I feel like it was that we it was just like the three of us hanging or I mean we had our other Mm -hmm. girls on it but like it wasn't like and we weren't Like, oh, God, we're going to be the best friends forever or anything like that. But I just know that I've met, like, two of the best personalities that I've ever come across. And and in terms of best, like, entertaining value, but also best, like, for who they are and how I would want to, like, model my life after. But so that's kind of how I've, like, just kind of remained with those guys. But then after that, we kind of, like went around the country together, like doing appearances and doing talks and stuff like that. So that's an insane to do that. Just do normal life with those two guys. Everywhere you go, it's a fucking scene. It's like you're at the grocery store and like it's just something something's gonna happen. You know, like I I just remember like we're like it like just to get at a grocery grocery store in like i think it was la or something and and nothing had happened for about a half hour and i was like okay well something's about to happen so we go to the checkout and like it was something dumb like timmy just like took like we had eggs and he just like took the eggs one by one and just started putting them on the conveyor belt and just stood up at the end of the conveyor belt and then like looked at the cashier girl and was just like what's gonna happen now you know like <laughs> i was like all right, well, this is why I love these guys. Like, I don't think to do that kind of shit, you know, like, and, you know, and then, and then that became a whole thing. It was like a whole five minute thing with the cashier lady. And I was like, this was awesome. Like we just had a whole fun an- adventure and I didn't even think at that. the grocery
0: store. Yeah. So that? like,
1: yeah, those guys is what it's all about. It's like every moment is a- moving on to something adventure like, because, they that's what they taught me they're just like most curious about life in the best way
0: so yeah anyway well the, the like three the- of you the three of you together get mentioned a lot on on this podcast because i i often cite you and theo as the two people from kind of the first 10 or so seasons the first era of the show that kind of get lost a little bit when people talk about like the best people to ever do it or like the most mm. fun people on the show of like the two of you both were very good at the actual competition of the show and you know usually won. but we're also really really good at like those are authentic people who happen to just be really entertaining and interesting and then timmy comes up all the time he's my favorite cast member of all time he's oh you had the you know, t-shirt it comes, man it's, it's, when i
1: <laughs> yeah
0: that was a, a shout out to theo and timmy at the same yeah. same time because that was the shirt theo wore on the gauntlet but the wears Timmy shirt, which will be for sale soon on the merchandise site. Get, oh man, getting that set up. But
1: well, I knew I loved you right when I saw you with that. I was like, dude, this guy is awesome. He knows about, he knows about the Timmy man. I just talked yeah. to
0: Timmy last
1: week and oh man, he's doing so good. It's like, it's so great. Have you seen anything that he's been doing like with his TV shows and stuff?
0: I have not, but I'm dying to <laughs> anything he's a part of to get to watch or interact with in any way because yeah he's he's, he was the best i can only imagine he's the best now
1: the short of he's doing a kids show whatever but he's like making up crazy characters and he is (laughs) one of the characters on a nickelodeon show and oh man it's awesome to see (laughs)
0: <laughs> well i'm gonna have i feel to like i keep saying
1: awesome here. too much no, on this it's no like, it's okay i, I love, up the all, Miz, these so I love awesome all these people i love all these people that you keep talking about you know they're just like favorite personalities so
0: yeah so after the challenge is you know over for you at some point how soon did was music the first thing you turned to or is that a more recent thing what did you kind of initially get into right when you at some point realized like I'm not going to maybe be going on this show for months at a time anymore. Oh,
1: when I, I mean, when I first went on it is when I first picked up the guitar, actually, I had just started to pick up a guitar before I went on the actual show. So 96, you know, I went on in 97 was when I filmed Mm -hmm. my first show. And so, but I'd always sang and I was always into arts and that kind of thing. I was always in like, choirs and things in high school i did musicals early on but then i quit because of sports so Mm i i've I've always been a creative singer performer performing i feel like i'm a rare personality where i feel comfortable up on stage Mm -hmm. and uh it feels like like a home to me like i'm nervous to go up there but once you get me up there it's i don't i I lose track of time and it's, it's like a good experience
0: Do you think you would have had that regardless of being on TV or do you think being on TV helped, you know, as you said earlier, that was a growing thing? I was already, I don't think being, I
1: mean, I don't think being on TV or I never, I, I, I've always had that performer mentality where I've, I've Mm -hmm. been, I've always was like the lead in plays or always like, if I was like the public speaker or like, Mm -hmm. I always kind of went towards that. So me going on TV was never like a weird thing for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I, Yeah. Like I said, a weird personality trait is that I actually feel comfortable doing up on stage and just like making stuff up or, or, you know, whatever that is.
0: What do you think? Was it just always this way that you were kind of drawn to music or the creative process? Or was there any specific one of those like, shows that you did growing up or anything where like something clicked and you're like, that's what I like. I want to like do that more of that, please.
1: I honestly, I had music and singing and that kind of thing was always a part of me growing up, but I wasn't, I was always into sports. I was never the music and the creativity part was never like, just, it wasn't like it was like, bad mouth or I wasn't allowed to do that but it never got perpetuated or never got like praised so I was always in sports so the music and that kind of thing kind of just was like there my whole mm-hmm. childhood and then once I got 18 19 20 I was like I oh, don't know what do I like to do you know everything else was before everybody else so the music has always been there but I didn't really perpetuate it and learn and do it when I was a in a youth because that's not what I worked on. I worked on other stuff. And so when I came to it in my twenties, like I just, I found it because I loved it, but it was, it was in me. I just like, didn't ever work it. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know if I'm going in a good spot with that, but. Yeah. Makes sense. So then, so then when I was, so when I was on these shows, I got back. So that was. So, 1920 was when I first did it. And then by 2000, 1999 or 2000, I had picked up the guitar and learned like 50 cover songs. And so, from 2000 till 2010, I just played music and bar cover songs in bars, you know, like huh. at restaurants yeah. and, and doing that. And so, and it was like, it was a drink fest. It's like, mm. I wasn't like totally about the music, I was more about getting the gigs. And I, I mean, Back then you, you know, I'd make like 300 bucks a night and just like be playing like four or five nights a week. And just, um, all my friends were all 21 and 22. So everybody came on a Tuesday night to wherever I was. And it was just that fun, you know? So it wasn't, and then when I turned 30 is when I started to like play music and really, like, really like write
0: songs. and Mm -hmm. And that's what your focus is now, right? Yeah, your perfect. own your own your own music. I've been, been going down rituals. the yeah. all everything you've got out there on Instagram, YouTube, and elsewhere. It's stuff. been a it's been a fun deep dive over the last few days to after seeing a a brief glimpse, or as you I believe called it after the fact, 20% effort on stage at <laughs> Challenge Mania in the spot. I was like, this is fun. We gotta we gotta get some more of this in our lives. <laughs> and I'm blown away by especially the like the street performances you've been yeah. doing. That's the part where I know you say like, you know, you're one of the ones that is comfortable on a stage and like that doesn't phase you or anything. That's when I saw those, I was like, that has to have something to do with like, yes, you have that innately or not, but like, that has to be a muscle that was like aided in some way. Unlike all the crazy shit you had to do in front of strangers with cameras in the face. But I'm, I'm, I'm blown away by all of it. Any music and creative arts people that can do it and do it well like yourself are very interesting to me and very fun to learn about and watch do what they do but the street performance aspect i was both blown away by how good it all was and then just the fact that you can do that like it seems like the scariest thing in the world to me is it not (laughs) i know you said before it's maybe not for you but is there any difference of like that versus like i've got a gig there's a stage people are showing up knowing that i'm going to be on this stage versus like I'm going to go out and just pop down a microphone and somewhere and just start playing. And if people vibe with it, great. If they don't, they don't. Is that, is there a big difference between the two and how do you get the courage to, to do that?
1: I mean, first of all, like, it makes me really happy to know that you like just spent time and watch some of that stuff. And you're, and the fact that you pick out the street performances of, of what I've been doing is, is like, makes me happy too. Cause, Those, that thing is, that is me, like, as, as far as I've been able to figure out, like, that is where I want to be. And me like performance in the moment, I call it freestyle funk or just that. Like, I'm, I'm trying to get to a place where I have the inability to critique myself or like even question what I'm doing. I'm trying to like be totally in the moment from moment to moment. And so, like, that right there is like my ultimate in life, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: actually, you know, as best I can tell. And so, it's just like great because, you know, I think, I think you like you are picking it out because you see it. You see that I'm like experiencing that energy. And that's what people like feed off of because you're, because it's totally in the moment yeah it's totally
0: raw it's totally real it comes and you know even watching it through you know a filmed version of it it comes through that like this is all happening literally in the moment and yeah in life we we rarely actually live in the present moment that we're in and so then you know I am and I think it's it happens to everyone whether you're actually interested or not it happens you you're drawn to when you see someone actually doing something that truly is like this is happening live. This is real. This is raw. This is, there's nothing thought of before or after this is like a thing that's happening in the present. We're all kind of, because we don't have that much of that drawn to it very, very quickly, or at least I am.
1: Yeah. Well, I think, no, I think you're exactly right. And that's what, that's what people are drawn to in any performance is when you like, it's like, like, listen, like when you hear a voice, like you'll hear a voice and within like two notes or like, three or four seconds, it can totally draw you in and make you totally feel like these crazy feelings where you're just like, whoa, why was that so awesome? And what it is is like you feel that person being free. Mm -hmm. You feel like so, and that's the energy that everybody wants is, is to have no distraction, have no tension, have no chaos, just be totally enjoying right now Mm -hmm. and so when you get a vocal performance that is like that good like where they're totally enjoying their own experience of it that's when you get to like feel that and it's like i think that's what i'm going for and so that's why it makes me happy when you tell me that you're experiencing it that way where you're just like oh yeah i get it he's like just free and feeling it you know yeah so yeah. and and to me, those performances, that's my most strong, like that's my ultimate image of myself is that. So,
0: oh, so cool. Oh yeah, it's how cool yeah. is that?
1: I don't know. Like I it's taken me a lot of years to get to that and I don't fully realize how strong and awesome that is. So I'm trying to get back to that. But it's like yeah it's it still hard to go out there and do it. Yeah. It's still like hard to get out of the street and be like, all right, I'm just going to plug in here and just see what goes on. Yeah.
0: And you've got, and you've also got limited months up there in Minneapolis of a little, well, little, I, little, harder to do that in the dead of winter. As I a think Chicagoan, I'm going to take I'm it up. Yeah. I'm going on the road. I'm going to yeah, head that, south that's a good as, idea. The, as
1: the winter months roll. Maybe so.
0: get you a Winnebago for, for the yeah. music as well as the old TV. My shows. plan,
1: my plan, I want, I'm going to go see Timmy out and, In Santa Monica, so amazing. So that's what I'm gonna try and do this winter, is to let you a little secret. But that's what I'm trying to do, so I can keep doing these outside performances because
0: that's amazing. Yeah. yeah. What kind of music inspires you, or do you draw your you know creativity or influence from any specific artists, genres, anything that are like this is what you know? Not that you're trying to like replicate or whatever, but that you know is where your inspiration, your influence might come from. Mostly like like i we're growing up
1: i i like made up like without knowing it i made up like gospely kind of church songs so anything that has that like hand clapping like harmonies and like gospely feel but also like mm-hmm. funk like the rhythm and the dance and like the feel of it you know so i think that those kind of music like I have 60s soul and 70s funk is, like, where I started. Like, I started out when I started listening to music for what I wanted. It was, like, 16, 17. It, like, started in, like, classic rock and kind of singer-songwriter and that kind of feel. But then once I started getting, like, 19, 20, 21 and started, like, getting out and playing music, it was all about Sly and the Family Stone and James Brown and, like, just rhythm and blues and like funk. Anything that makes you dance. Yeah. You know, yeah. so and and fucking bee gees, like disc and pop songs, like that are just awesome to listen to. So if if I if I was say the genre I listen to the most, it's like funk and soul. Yeah,
0: you are one that listens to I know some people I know kind of in the musical world. Like listen to very different things than what they then are trying to create in a similar world themselves. Are you one that's like, no, I kind of live in one world. I create in that world. I also enjoy others that are in at least the same, the same atmosphere as myself. Definitely. I mean,
1: I venture out into like like dance music, like I a lot of like the like just anything that's DJ music. But to me, it's all it's all James Brown. It's all funk. It's all dance music. So like, it's it's all, it's all the beats. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, but like, I can't, I can't do, I still, I still have a lot of singer songwriter. I love the stories and songs. So I'm still on that. So I love blues songs and country songs and ones that are very good stories, singer songwriter, just cohesive, almost like stories. And so (laughs) And in funk music and that kind of stuff and dance music that you get away from the stories being told with the words. So I still like that kind of stuff too, yeah. um, where it's more narrative that you're in the words, but funk in that is more just, I just like it because it's more a feeling in your body. And that's where the story is told. You
0: know? Yeah, for sure. That's you know? awesome. Well, we will at the end here in a moment, I'll have you let everyone know where it all they can find some of the music you're making now and I'll link all that in the show notes to go back to the last challenge related last kind of topic here before we wrap up is I know from having heard you at challenge mania and on their podcast and everything that you are do I have this correct you are aware of challenge all-stars happening but you are not watching it is that correct that's pretty much correct yeah I don't have paramount plus I'm aware of
1: it and they've they've, they've hit me up to check for availability for most of them in the past since Mark did the first one or whatever, mm-hmm. but they have not, have not booked me for them.
0: So. Gotcha. But they well, are, we'll, well, that's, that's very positive news though, for us that are, you know, would love to see you that you're on pretty, pretty yeah. short list of first draft people. I would want to get on the show that they are at least calling and checking availability. Yeah. Have you been like, I'm willing to do it and it just hasn't been able to work out. Or are you not interested? Oh yeah. Yeah. No, I told him
1: I told him I'd love to do it. it would be great.
0: Okay. Well, I know you've said in the past, you know, you're not going to campaign yourself, which is totally fair and justified. I will let you know that myself and others very well are going to yeah. campaign on your behalf. So hopefully that's okay that we're doing that for you. Let's imagine a world though where you get that call again, and this time the call isn't just for availability, but they say you're, you're on the cast all-stars 4 you've got six weeks. We leave in six weeks and you're going, if you get that call and they tell you, you know, it's about six weeks or so that you have to prepare two questions. Well, it sounds like the, are you going? The answer would be yes. Assuming, you know, Mm. worked with whatever you had going on at the moment, but the two questions, then you have about six weeks. Do you start then binging the first seasons of All-Stars? So you have an idea of like what's been going on, who some of these people might be and do, does your training, do you do do anything in preparation or you just say, hell yes, I get to do this again, bring on an adventure.
1: The the honest answer is I would maybe watch a few of the episodes if I found out who else was going to be on there. I might be like, just to, I don't know, get a frame of reference or who these people are. So that's about all I'd watch for the shows. For the training, I would, I probably wouldn't do too much more than I do. I like, I I work out, but I work out like 20 minutes a day. Like, cause I just do like really like efficient kind of crazy mobility stuff, you know? So I'd probably like add some cross training stuff in there, but. I probably wouldn't
0: <laughs> yeah. go
1: too crazy. I don't know. I Like, I wouldn't like, you know, run, do a Murph every day and like, you know, help <laughs> it like that. I would just, I'd probably say I would do a lot more than I actually would.
0: Well, I, I think I like the honesty because I think most people would say that like, oh, I'm going to. I'm going to watch every episode. So I know yeah. everyone's strategy. I'm going to, I'm going to work out like crazy. You have no idea. And then most yeah. of them would not do any of that a lot do. And I applaud those. Cause I am one who, if I ever was blessed with the opportunity to hop on one of these shows, I would definitely yeah. be, be going all out. But if you, when, when you get that call, yeah. cause we're going to, we're going to find a way to get you that call again, you just send me a message and i will keep it on the DL, but like, Hey, I'm going and I will send you, you if you only want to watch a couple episodes, I'll send you (laughs) specifics of like, okay, here's here's 60 minutes of content. This will get you all you need to know of what the game is, who some of the big names are right now doing stuff and what you should maybe be doing to prepare as efficiently as possible.
1: I mean, if I if I can't divulge if I'm going on the show, you'll still let me have the links to the shows. If I just randomly call you up and be like, "Hey, I gotta start watching this stuff."
0: <laughs> oh well, you don't. You need don't know. The, you don't know but old, I can't copy. You don't need to watch the old stuff. I'm talking the new stuff. <laughs> oh, the new yeah, stuff. Yeah, you can yeah. have my login for Paramount. Yeah. That's fine. I can, I can
1: give, oh, okay. Give Thanks. you that, but That's yeah, awesome. if you go back on. You're gonna need a little <laughs> like a insight friend. to
0: the game is <laughs> the games. It's a, it's a whole different world these days. And especially on the men's side of all stars, all stars has been very interesting as it launched of like the flagship show had truly become like, it's a sport. Like it's some people jokingly call it like the fifth professional sport. It's, it's a sport. They wear football pads for like a third of the freaking yeah. things they do. They're running literal marathons with puzzles and whatever to end triathlons and marathons as the finals, whatever it's a sport. When all stars started, it was like, ah, oh, like. It's not going to be as much of that, and yeah. then by the third season in, the men's cast of All Stars three is, as far as like physical shape, might have been the most fit cast in the history of the show on the men's side. And they're all like forty five or whatever, but they're all like, we have to like this is this is everything to us. This is a sport now. Like we're going to get into it, and it's the women have been much more like. I'm like 40. I'm great on television still. I'm not gonna like train to run a marathon. That's silly. <laughs> Why? We're just doing TV again. What are you boys doing? You're dumb. And each each are right in their own world. But the the men's side of All Stars has been pretty stacked on the physical side. Well, let me ask you this. Like, I can I could probably
1: I could probably do like twenty-five pull-ups right now. Mm-hmm. How much do I need to train
0: if I go on it? <laughs> That part isn't that's a good a good barometer of just some physical ability, but the only part that matters, the only training I would tell you or anyone else is just the cardio. The the I got that. I'm good on that. When if you make the final, there is no final anymore that is not going to be at least fifteen to twenty miles long of swimming, biking, mostly running, but swimming and biking Uh, usually involved. And that's the part where like it's two different games. Oh, yeah. The regular like, yeah. game is yeah. whatever. Some people are really great at like the individual challenges, the eliminations, whatever. But you there's just only got to like, be like 20% yeah.
1: of the people that can do that.
0: Yeah. It's like you get That's to the end and it's obvious of like, well, now we're just running a marathon. And a couple of you like run marathons for fun and the rest of you don't. So you might have been great the rest of the time, but you can't win because you can't do that thing at the end. So. That's well, the so real, what about the these like
1: one. physical dudes that are all ripped out? Like how do they do on those endurance ones?
0: They're good. The ones that do both, you know, the biggest thing on the funniest thing that happens every single season of the show is they'll cast some new on the flagship one. They'll cast some new mm-hmm. massive, like former football player mm-hmm. that everyone gets all excited. Cause like, I don't know if you're at least aware of like yeah. the hall brawl has become like mm-hmm. the staple thing where they run into each other with football pads. So everyone gets all excited of like, oh, this guy's going to wreck some shit, right? And then inevitably it's like, well, they do that one elimination once a season. If that person randomly by some chance ends up in it versus another big person,
1: it'll be really cool.
0: Otherwise, they're not that good at this show because, you know, it's the muscles aren't used that often. And if you have to run at the end, it's harder. So it's the people with the mix. It's the people with the cardio background that are, that are definitely coming through and dominating in the, in the end. No,
1: that's how it always was. I was, I was, I was always like a little bit like, oh man, there's like these dudes that are like, you know, more physically bigger than I am. But it, it, I mean, they always have to do kind of things that are more body weight oriented, like where you're lifting your own body weight, as opposed to like, you know, like that, that, Tackle drill or whatever you're talking about, yeah. like that one is just straight up. Yeah, if I go up Who's against a and 250 pound or 220 pound guy, like I mean, yeah, it's it, over. Doesn't it's matter. Probably over. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Because um, even so, in your day, the strength thing didn't matter yeah. as much. Like you might do one thing where it's like, hey, you have yeah. to hang on this thing, but forever. you can't. Yeah. But like that's one out of ten times that strength mattered, and the rest of the time, more often than not, just agility, mobility, endurance. Yeah. And just kind of mental you have to, adaptability, you like the mental side yeah. of athletics was what has always mattered the most. And that's kind of one of the things that stayed the same throughout all the eras of the show is is just be an athlete, be adaptable, and, and also don't take yourself too serious because it's also usually silly, whatever the hell you're doing. It might be oh, physically, yeah. but it's also silly, and you got to be uh-huh. able to handle that. So, Dan, yeah. with that then, uh-huh. uh, I'll wrap it up here for... For everyone though that's been listening, where can they find you? Is there anything you got going on you want them to know about? I'll of course, you know, link all of this in the show notes, but you want to let people know where they can find you, where they can keep up with you.
1: Yeah, please. It's all at, at Danny Sets. So D-A-N-N-Y-S-E-T-Z, everywhere, I think. So go YouTube is I'm trying to put a bunch of stuff out on YouTube. So definitely go there first for subscribe. you know, subscribe to that. And then I'm just gonna keep putting out, like you said, these live videos as much as I can uh, me singing in the street. So, you know, if people are interested in that, <laughs> check it, like go to it and let me know. Cause it like, it honestly, it's, it makes me happy to know, like you like just even spent like five minutes, like listening to those songs. Cause they're just like the made up. They're like, it's like my heart. <laughs> it's like, talking you know so if anybody spends any time with it and gets kind of you know Derek said that he kind of got caught down the rabbit hole of watching it and I was like oh man that's what I really want is just to have people get caught in the rabbit hole of of my weirdness
0: yeah well I'll say it it was a great rabbit hole for me I enjoyed it I will be returning to that rabbit hole and hopefully you know if anyone's in the in the Minneapolis area listening go catch Dan on one of these amazing street performances maybe we get you back down to Chicago maybe for this other event in November maybe we get you out
1: there I was gonna do it in Chicago too I had all my shit with me too and I think I just I just got I don't know I just got brought in at the last second so I was feeling unprepared so I think I just kind of chickened out a little bit but oh man, that would have been great. I, I could have set up right in the middle of that
0: football field and just like, I would have rocked it for. Yeah. Oh, hours. yeah. That, that venue actually is. Perfect that would have for been someone so to just weird. be like, I'm going to take over this area yeah. for the little. So
1: bit. I promise if I go to that Chicago, what's in November
0: yeah it's well, downtown so kind of though cold. oh it's it's not at man. the same zanies well, it's at the smaller zanies but we i know all the spots yeah, i'm a, a, a former chicago tour guide i'll let you know where you should set up shut up okay well
1: i can <laughs> i mean i got a speaker that's like this big so that's all yeah, we need it doesn't you know, take a lot like, of room it don't matter as long as the cops don't stop us we're good
0: <laughs> yeah well and i think go- like
1: all the the urban like the ones like the the ones I've been downtown and played here or whatever. And the cops have been totally around us whatever, they're all just like, honestly, this is like some happy music. I think we're just going to let this play. <laughs> like yeah. they don't care. Like they thought that was great. So yeah.
0: you won't get, I don't think you'll get anyone trying uh-uh. to get to stop. There's uh-uh. a lot of that type of stuff that goes on in Chicago. It's going to be cold, but
1: route. we're going to at least get it in at some point. Maybe it might yeah. be even just like in a hotel lobby or something. Who
0: knows. <laughs> Nice. Well, we appreciate you being here, everyone listening. Go follow Dan and uh, hopefully we'll be talking again sometime soon. Anytime, man. Thank you, David.